When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 46, 47, and 48 of The Dragon Reborn, A Message Out of the Shadow, To Race the Shadow, and Following the Craft. Enjoy! Welcome to season three, episode 19. Um, moving through, actually, we're really close to finishing um, this book. We got like only a few episodes left. And by the end of this this episode, we're going to be in the final city. Um, minor spoiler, if you didn't spoiler. know. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> the book's been saying that the entire time. I don't think that's a big spoiler at all. <laughs> um, everyone's heading there. So, um, so yeah, um, exciting that we're getting that close to the end. Um, so, um excited to finish it all but as far as anything housekeeping goes nothing really new to report at all um so i'm not even gonna go through all the different things that we have because it's going to be a waste of time but you know we're still growing in different ways um that's what she said and oh, yes <laughs> i did to myself uh <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> oh it's gonna be a fun oh, night uh so oh, I'm, yeah. drinking my, I'm drinking my whiskey so it's gonna be really really good so he's he's whiskey frisky yeah so um one announcement i do want to make and uh, it's kind of premature but i don't really care oh um, no what that's what she, she doesn't said. want to hear that it's premature oh yeah no she doesn't um no. so we are and i've already announced this on twitter so it's not a secret but we're launching a youtube channel um sometime in april i don't have a launch date um in mind it's going to be sometime um as we get closer i'll probably pick a date that this is when we're going to go live i don't know what's going to be uh, maybe it'll just be like in two hours we launch our station. I don't know. Uh, we'll surprise you guys. Um, but there's gonna be a lot of content on there. It's going to be kind of off the wall and ridiculous and really just a fun thing to do for us to do. Um, so you'll see, it'll be fun. Enjoy it. Don't enjoy it. I don't really care. <laughs> but stay around the podcast. That's really what's important. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's where I'm, to sell it. I'm doing it for me, not for you. That's, that's, yeah. It's me, not you. It's me. <laughs> um, no, it's a, got to look after I number think, one. I think it's going to be fun, um, but it's going to be kind of, like I said, off the wall. So um, we will, we'll see. Um, so more, to, more to come on that. As far as off the wall things as well, I'm going to keep on doing my locations because I like to do geography and I'm a, I'm a geography nerd. Um, this place was off the wall when I visited there and I haven't done it yet. We have listeners in Singapore. Um, so thank you everyone hey. listening to us in Singapore. Um, I had a great, great time when I was in Singapore. I did not chew gum. Although um, I do have a funny story about smuggling things into Singapore. And if you're authority in Singapore, I don't live anymore and hopefully don't extradite. But uh, there's statute of limitations. <laughs> you better Google. Right? There are. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But it was like, so if you ever traveled overseas, like one thing that you will find is like fruit is a different size. Um, so 
your average apple is not, even if you go to like apple orchards locally, they're not like these giant red delicious apples that are genetically enhanced that we saw at grocery stores here in America. We have these ginormous apples um, that are genetically engineered to be huge and big and bright and red. And really apples are a lot smaller everywhere else in the world. And actually, if you go to like an organic apple orchard, they'll be small as well. So a lot of people overseas have never seen an American apple. And one of the guys that I was sailing with had, had met us in Singapore. So he flew into Singapore to, to meet us. And he's walking down the street with this giant apple just eating it because he's smoking it in. And you're not allowed to smuggle in outside fruit. That's like oh, no. big. That's a big no-no. Yeah, big, yeah, big, big, big no-no. no-no. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So, so and English is one of the official languages of Singapore. So everyone speaks English there. Uh, they have four official languages. But everyone that is from Singapore speaks English. You speak English colony. So, um, But some guy walking the street looks at him and says, where did you get that apple? And he just looks and goes, America? And just keeps walking. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> which is probably why we get a bad reputation of being assholes and, uh, and horrible reputation internationally. Because he just hit the stereotype perfectly. But I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> The American Perfect. apple in Singapore you can make a whole documentary about it. Um, as far as anything else going on, we are doing a giveaway. I want to announce it on next week. We'll put it on Twitter the uh, next day or maybe a couple of days from there. Cause it's going to be the April 1st. Just when I'm, it's not April fool's joke. I'm going to be doing a giveaway on April fool's. Um, but I'll announce it um, on our live recording uh, next Tuesday. And we have a guest next Tuesday as well. Um, so, that guest will be the Black Tower podcast, the return. Um, might have all three. We're going to at least have two. Um, I know Andrew and Daniel are going to be there. Josh might be there. We hope so. But uh, otherwise, look forward to that episode because it's going to be a ton of fun. Last time we did it with them, great. it was fun. So, And speaking of guests, you might notice a voice missing tonight and a voice added. Well, let's talk about a little bit what's going on. So... Um, we had a little bit of snap foods and a little things going on, mostly just personal life. Nothing's major, nothing's bad going on, but Chris might make it in, pop it in sometime tonight. Might not. We'll see if he does randomly pop in, then great. If he uh, doesn't make it, we have a replacement and that would be Zul, uh, from our discord channel and patron. Um, she, yeah, she is, perfect. uh, perfect. Nailed perfect. It. Chris laughed. <laughs> Uh, she's been on a podcast before, so you might have heard the episode with her before. Um, so she's going to be helping uh, me at least go through. Of course, she's not a first-time reader at all, but wow. helping me go through. And uh, and, we're, and Ian's going to just be our comic relief the entire episode. We're going to let him kind of just take this whole thing. It's going to be the Lost Ian episode. Oh, Lordy. Now you have two people <laughs> to gaslight you. Great. Uh-huh. Great. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. And I'm going to keep on dropping those little things like we're actually telling the truth, but make it so ridiculous that he doesn't believe me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, now you're gonna be going back listening like what was true <laughs> yeah it happens it does actually and i have done it um yeah, but it's so. like 99 lies and one truth so it's not worth sifting through yeah it's not <laughs> yeah um so so in the end batman wins um so um as far as personal life goes i'll jump right into that um man it's spring weather's getting nice uh, this weekend's supposed to be beautiful. It's like supposed to be 80 degrees and sunny. And I, I turned to my wife the other day and I said, you know, hey, it's supposed to be nice. Let's plan something with the kids. And she looks out the backyard and goes, yeah, let's plan yard work. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, so Got that's em. what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. So nothing fun. I'm going to be slaving out in the yard all – there's a ton of it that needs to be done. And and, mm-hmm. and it's a good weekend. It's the first non-rainy nice weekend in forever. So <laughs> It needs to happen. So I'm going to, that's, that's this weekend. It's going to be yard work. 
Uh, so if you have own home and have a yard, it sucks, but I guess, you know, it's, it's a necessary evil. <laughs> At least you had somewhere to go during COVID. Yeah, exactly. Um, but speaking of, speaking of COVID as well, I, I actually did sign up for my first COVID shot. So I am getting vaccinated next nice. week as well. So I'm, I am super yeah. excited about that. Uh, so I get to go get vaccinated on Wednesday and then I have to get my license renewed at the DMV on Thursday, which is going to be a ton of fun. So um, I get a shot in the arm one day and maybe sick all that day. And the next day I have to sit at the DMV and then um, to get my driver's license renewed. And then next Friday is my birthday. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be a fun week when it rains, it so, pours. Yeah. So, you know, go from being COVID, uh, vaccine sick to waiting, uh, and tearing my eyeballs out of DMV to being drunk and hung over the rest of the time for Easter. So yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> How about you guys? All right. I'll touch on work very quickly, uh, because it's mildly annoying, but also cool at the same time. Um, I used to get very passionately obsessed with all of my projects and the buildings that I worked in. And it, and it, it's easy to do in this line of work to the point where I was working way over 40 hours a week, but not charging the government for it. Well, now I've gotten really good about I'm working eight hours. If you want me more than that, comp time or overtime. Otherwise I don't touch it. Uh, so this weekend I have a bunch of overtime coming up. We have two of our projects where some very significant major features of work are happening. Um, I won't get into the boring details, but the quality assurance people that we contract out to help us with these, two of them, magically, you heard Alan mention how the weather's nice now and will be through most of Sunday. Uh, magically, they're both sick, and they said they're not coming back till Monday, so I think they're going to the beach together. Um, so anyways, I have to be in. Um, certainly don't want these contractors working unsupervised. But I'm actually mm -hmm. excited about it, so it's not a, it's not a total wash. So I went through that quickly because I want to, I'm not going to go, I won't name names. And I know I wasn't going to talk about the dating stuff, but something happened. I debated on whether or not I would share because I don't want to jinx anything, but I also don't believe in jinxes at this point in my life. So bam, here we go. Did you finally beat Lanfear? Oh my gosh, might be her. <laughs> um, so... There was, like, I had almost given up on the online dating thing. Y'all have heard some of my horrible tales in the past, and it is. It's just atrocious. And then literally, right, like, the day I was like, I'm going to just delete everything, uh, I kind of made a decent connection with two different people and kept talking to both, went on one date with both, went on another one with both. And then one, it became very clear that, all right, this is just friends route, like, there's nothing there. But the other one, man, sparks, right? Uh to the point where, like, even I was saying in my mind, I'm like, all right, don't, don't fuck this up. Go slow. Don't rush anything. Don't be the one to make the first move on nothing. And we've been together a couple more times. And I was late tonight because uh, <clears throat> I swung by to drop something off at her apartment. And we're talking and Did hanging you buy out. Flowers? No. No, again, limited details. The The important part's coming up because, God, it was, I still, I, man, I still have that nervous butterfly feeling in my stomach, which is amazing because I'm almost 40 years old and didn't think this would happen. So we're chilling, hanging out, and then I look up and I go, holy shit, it's 8.15. I have to be recording in 15 minutes, and it's a 20-minute drive back to my apartment. 
So I get up and I race to grab all my stuff and I'm heading to the door and I'm like, I'm so sorry to rush out. And we go to do the real quick hug goodbye. And, you know, we there was no, up to this point, no first base, nothing like that. Just, you know, still feeling each other out. But because I was in a rush, like, oh no, I guess I kind of went back to old habits where like the goodbye uh-huh. hug led uh-huh. into the kiss. And, but I stopped myself short, like, but it was like the close face to face. And I was like, oh my God, I, in my, in my mind, I'm like, I didn't intend to make this move, but now I'm here. What do I do? And I froze. And then she closed the distance and my goodness. <sighs> the the chorus of angels song. And if we didn't have to record, <laughs> and if we didn't already make plans to, you know, make up Tuesday's recording the way we did. And if, man, it should have been a double, if not a triple, but I, I left it at a single and then I darted out of there, but it was, I don't know. I think very cool. So like, all right, since my divorce, I have kissed a girl before. Right. Uh, but this was, did you like it? Oh my God. This was different. Did it taste like cherry tapstick? Jeez. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not going to get into any of that, but Wow. But it was, I don't know, I was thinking about that on the way back, like, as I'm driving, I was talking to you and, and Zul, I, di- I didn't bring it up, but like, in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how cool is it? You know, you always have the doubts that it's even possible to feel those things again. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is yeah. going to turn into anything more than it is right now, but even for that moment to be as awesome as it was, I don't know, it just, it was great. Super excited. And cool. If she starts listening to this, maybe she'll be mad at me for bringing it up, but I didn't name names. No, you didn't. I, I, I didn't overly nope. describe. It was just a very awesome moment. So No, yeah, and I think it's it's cool. You did that like 90% of the way, and then all of a sudden you let them come to the last 10%. Yeah, yeah. See, and it, generally, to, I've, I've, they, I've used that strategy to, before, but this was totally unintentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just found myself there, and I was going, oh, shit. What do I do? <laughs> and then she finished it off, so. It was great. Nice. You, 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 you put it, it was there and she went the rest of the way. So yeah. 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 Very cool. So Chris, slash Zool, how busy are you in personal life? (laughs) Um, I'm sure you're busy. Really, really busy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, not super busy, but, um, I've been doing this thing for the month of March, um, with some friends, um, around the discords, uh, it's a March fitness. And so I have been super inactive. I know lots of people have been, but I also have a bad knee. So, you know, kind of been using that as an excuse, but every day, uh, of this month so far, I have done at least 30 minutes of some sort of intentional activity, whether it's walking or yoga. I even got a friend to like, write me up some, like some, like hit routines specific, especially designed for me to kind of, for when I'm having like bad knee days, I can work with weights and do other stuff for core and whatnot. And it's, it's been really great. Um, more energy. I'm sleeping better. And so. Awesome. Well, good. That's, Very that's what's cool. new with me. Well, good. That's awesome. That's a good hump to get over when you've done it enough where you start to notice those little differences where you feel better and sleep better because that's just more well, motivation as you move forward. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I'm like feeling really sluggish, I go, oh man, you know, if I just 
go out in the yard and like walk for X number of minutes or something. I know I'm going to feel better. So because I have, right? So you have that in your head. Like, I know this will make me, I will, I will feel better. I'll give it like an uptick in energy or something. Um, and the other thing is like, I've been weighing myself, right? Weight hasn't gone down. But I was like, you know what? I think I'm kind of changing shape a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and like sometimes the, the weight doesn't drop like, off I, first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, building muscle. Everything's like kind of tightening up and stuff. And so I was going through my closets and I pulled some stuff out of the back of my closet and like next size down. I'm like, holy cow, it fits. There I you go. Any weight. And I was like, yes. Okay. I'm going in the right direction. So. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. Yep. Well, good deal. Well, I will go through some of the predictions uh, from last few weeks um, and we'll kind of, at least Ian can can talk about them. I know some of them are Chris's, but um, we'll still go over all of them. So Matt is going to blow up the wall to get into the um, to camp to the palace. Um, that was one prediction. But did we um, say literally or figuratively? figuratively? I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah, they're talking about fireworks. Uh, Lord, Lord Gerbil, our Gabriel, um, is Pat is Pat and Fane. Uh, I think that's Chris who said that. Um, he was convinced it's Pat and Fane in there. Um, uh, Landfear sent the gray men and the forsaken are working against each other, which is kind of not really a prediction. I mean, we've kind of seen some of that, but like that they're all, I guess kind of fucked up. So yeah. Yeah. At their own end game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of our predictions. Uh, thoughts about those Ian or any other ones you want to add? What are you uh, thinking? No, I think they're all pretty solid. And, um, well, I mean, except for the using the fireworks to blow up a wall and get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we... Did they say they were going to make a, a distraction on one side? So you could yeah, you guys, other, you guys went, or, you guys went a, yeah, whole, I don't know, a lot with fireworks. There's a lot with fireworks yeah, going there, on. There, there was, was, there was walls, hope for that. There was... There was uh, blow up the whole entire palace, making a distraction, and using them to attack guards. You but guys we, just went on. We did discuss at some point, even <laughs> briefly, we discussed that Matt might take Rand's path to get in because that's a known way to get in. Mm-hmm. You did. Um, and maybe like we didn't harp on it enough. Oh, yeah. We talked about the fireworks way more. But, you know, I'm trying to get a little credit where I can. Yeah. Sounds good. So let's go ahead and move on to this chapter. So we're starting with chapter 46, A Message Out of the Shadow, uh, which sounds really ominous, but it's just a picture of the, the lion of Andor. So we know we're in mm-hmm. So yep. that's where we are. Um, and we start with Matt remembering about Rand telling the story about the, the how easy it was to break into the palace by going over the wall. And, and Matt only half believed it. Like he was just like, I guess it's worth a try, but there's no way it's that there's, they have that it's unguarded. Like you think about like castles and like things like that. Like there's no way it's that simple uh, that you just, mm-hmm. there's, there's wall just completely unguarded. You can just get in. Like if there was, why isn't everyone getting in? <laughs> so that's where we start um, with kind of Matt heading that way and, and going to go give it a try. So I'll throw this out there for anybody that thinks it's unrealistic. I'll play both sides. Like one, these old castles, obviously the whole point was for them to be defensible. So maybe a hundred percent of it, you should have been considering can, can somebody get in? However, um, fast forward to a little bit more modern age. 
a lot of what I've done in my career with the Department of Defense and Facilities Management is I look at a building or multiple buildings and we do um, ATFP, anti-terrorism, force protection measures. And we look at, all right, you know, could a vehicle just pull up next to some window and set off a car bomb? Like, where's their line of sight where somebody could shoot through a window and this, that, the other. And there's some buildings out there that you would think would be much better protected uh, that aren't, <laughs> that have some serious gaping flaws, like some flaws that are so great, it makes all the other defenses they put up and invest in totally useless. So to me, reading this, like I, I kind of giggled and laughed to myself, and I'm like, yeah, I know at least I know of at least three uh, pretty significant buildings that I've worked at where you have some pretty significant folks on the inside that you want to keep safe. Mm -hmm. That if you knew what you were doing, or only halfway knew what you were doing, there was a mm -hmm. way to cause problems. Yeah, so, I mean, so I mean, in, in a real life example, which I'm not going to get into too much detail because I don't want people in in, in black cars and black suits showing up at my house. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know who listens to this, uh, even military bases, um, that are completely supposed to be, you know, the, the epitome of defense. Um, I've, I've gotten onto without any guards checking me. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so it can happen. I'm not going to say which military bases and how I did it because I figured that's a national security type thing. And I might actually get a visit if I start talking about how I got onto these bases, but I will say that. The, even even things like that, where you think of the U.S. military base, which is supposed to be pretty much impregnable, like that's that's probably like one of the most yeah. hardest places to break into. I have literally gotten right in, not seeing a single guard. There's there's ways no you problem. could just <laughs> casually walk in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, we've gotten better over the years recently, um, and and that's part of a task force I was on a couple years back. I did a couple of military installations, but yeah, you're right. There's there's somewhere you could quite literally it, it would be a hike to go from, mm -hmm. you know, one easy point to get in, but then you were on and there was no other checkpoint and you could get to anywhere on the installation. So right. they've, they've, if anybody's listening, getting ideas, I promise you, uh, in the, in the last five years, at least, mm, mm -hmm. be, that probably ain't gonna happen anymore. We've, it's probably not worth of risking it. No. I mean, yeah, this is when I was, this is also when I was a kid too. And I was just young and dumb. Um, right. so well, and it pre nine 11, <laughs> let's put emphasis on that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot yeah. of things changed since then. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, not going to end the military base, but even when I was like in scout, I used to do boy scouts and we did a camping trip and the camping ground that we're at was right next to a military facility. And they really were loose guarding that part of the fence because it butted up to a boy scout campground and they didn't, think that they needed to guard that but hey we were playing hide go seek and what better place <laughs> to hide than on the military base <laughs> yeah. so i won <laughs> yeah um don't think you can still do that but yeah um anyways so yeah so he decides to go over there and sure enough there's the wall and he starts climbing he goes yeah this is actually kind of easy <laughs> and before he does it he's in the garden uh hops over the wall he's in and starts to be all stealthy. Like, uh, if you guys ever played Splinter Cell, you know, you get to sneak around and like hide from the searchlights and stuff like that. Uh, I'm being geeky now. Um, but that's exactly how I pictured it. That's funny that you yeah. say that. That's exactly <laughs> how I picture it. The lights go, Splinter the camera sways side to side, and you're tiptoeing yeah. around. That's, yeah. Hide in the shadows. And yeah, he's gone from bush to bush, and the guards keep on walking by. And of course, the guards aren't really 
on high alert because it's, you know, they're just making their rounds and doing their, their rounds and they're, and it's probably so monotonous. I mean, I can only imagine how monotonous it is just making your same path circle, walking around over and over again, never seeing anything at all out of the ordinary. So you just eyes forward, march around, maybe talking to the guy you're marching with and not really pay attention to any of the thing around you. <laughs> yeah. Th- so this is one of the areas where I highlighted, I'll call this uh ode to Chris and Zul, I apologize. I know that's kind of your role tonight but I'm going to hit this one. Okay. He slipped through the garden like a shadow, as if stalking rabbits, freezing by a bush or hard against a tree trunk when he heard boots. Two more pairs of soldiers strode by along the path, the second close enough for him to have taken two steps and goosed them. (laughs) Why is he thinking about goosing people? What is going on here? First, he's playing with fireworks, tearing them apart, you know, thinking about how they don't always go off. And then now he's thinking about well, goose and the guards and. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, and he sticks a flower in his hair at also. Right. I almost part. forgot. Why? <laughs> Why? This is, this is you in high school, Ian. <laughs> no, except for the flower part. At what except point did I? St- yeah. At what point did I stop? When I was shooting potatoes about, at about the aircraft carrier being you. built, did I stop and go, "Oh my god, that flower is so pretty. Let me stick it in my hair." Well, I mean the goosing part, yeah, 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 yeah for sure, hundred percent. But I did not throw flowers in my hair right before getting arrested. That no. didn't happen. No, no. I like that he said that. Um, that he had like practiced basically like stealing apple cakes at Sunday. And this was way easier because women keep an eye on their baking. Yeah. Much better than these guards. Yeah. Well, I feel you on that. Like my, Mm -hmm. uh, so my mom's side of the family, fantastic cooks. We've talked about it before. Um, my mom, she learned some of the baking, but she's she's more on like the regular meal type cooking. My grandmother, her mom, was amazing baking everything and anything. Um, and every time you thought she wasn't looking and she had something like literally it was old school, like on the windowsill cooling off or something like that, I'd look over my shoulder. I'd look around the corner. I would try and figure out where she was. I would go very slowly. But I swear to God, the moment my hand touched a cookie, a cake or pie that wasn't ready to be served. I got hit with a fly swatter. She came out of nowhere <laughs> and she was like old. Miss, and- Ver- Miss Virgie with her romance book. I mean, same thing. <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> no, actually that's perfect. Miss Virgie. So this Jeez is at the, burger. yeah, this is at the pool that we worked at. There was a cabana in the middle of the pool. We've, we've talked about, we've talked about Miss Virgie on here. Yeah. But <laughs> People would lean in. She would look asleep. People would lean in and try and grab a French fry, and she would slap their hand at the last second and be like, you going to pay for them French fries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So anyways, I feel mad on that. He's not wrong. Yeah. And, and I learned as I actually got older, like, instead of trying to steal the French fries, if you ask any cook in the entire world, like, hey, yo, you need some French fries, I need a home, uh, they're like, yo, I got you, walk past the back door, and they like, slip you a little bit of French fries. I mean, every single time. Um, I haven't tried as I'm older because probably with me with gray hair doing that, they'd be like, dude, what? get out of here. <laughs> but, but definitely as like a 20 something year old and French, a few French fries all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I try to hook y'all up whenever I was back there. Oh yeah, definitely. hundred percent. So, um, the next scene is Matt's then hiding and he's next to a window and he overhears two men talking. So you hear this one man and they get his name is Komar 
and he's talking to the great master. Um, and you know, Matt thinks it's a little strange and then he starts to hear what they're talking about. And then Matt's like, Oh shit. <laughs> so let's talk about that. So no great master. He has vanished, but great master. One of the girls is Morghese's knit. Matt half turned and caught himself. The soldiers were coming closer. Dot, 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 dot. And then he listens in. Has been far too impatient since regaining his freedom. All right. Highlight there. Clearly forsaken? Question mark? Don't know. Mm. Probably. He never realized the best plans take time to mature. He wants the world in a day. And Calendor besides. The great lord take him. So... Now I'm getting hints that we probably have another Forsaken here that's talking smack about another Forsaken there and going back to our prediction about them all kind of... And maybe they're working towards a similar end goal, but they have different ways of going about it and they want to be the one in charge. Right. So, so I mean, now we're painting this picture where um, a Forsaken rules in Ilion. We know that. That's Sammy. Mm-hmm. There's this guy that might be a Forsaken in Caimlin. And then there is I now... I guess we're talking about Tyr, right? Tyr, right? Yeah. So is in Tyr. Yep. So talk about... We, we talked about earlier, like, how ill-prepared, you know, the light side is versus the dark side. Like, they haven't... If, if they've been out, they haven't been out for long. And they're already kind of setting up shop everywhere. Right. <laughs> I feel like they have Jedi powers, though, because it's happening too quick. It's like they're walking up and they're going, you will put me on the council. Yeah, but we don't grant you the rank of master. Ah, but, you know, they, and they're mm-hmm. they're getting in charge, though. And even right. more gays who, I don't know, I you just got this impression when we first met her even briefly that she was just this very strong-willed, like, mm-hmm. not an easy pushover type leader. And somehow this person has gotten into a position of influence and we'll get to it in a little bit, but I don't think she's very comfortable with him there. So, so they exercise influence on? very quickly. What's mm-hmm. going on? What, yeah. Chris, so Chris, that's for you to answer. What do you think's going on there, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh... <laughs> Well, well, we have, we have, we haven't quite gotten to that whole scene with more games. Sure, yet. sure, sure. So let's let's still let's yeah. still keep. But on. I did want to point out that um, this Komar guy, who sounded frightened, um, called the other guy Great Master. Right. In cap, like capital G, capital M. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Some some sort of hierarchy structure. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. And and he orders Komar to go down the tier and kill the three girls. Um. So, dun dun dun. And he said eventually <laughs> that he wanted he, he wanted um, Elaine's head, like chop her head off and bring it back to yeah. him. Uh huh. So not just can kill, you imagine? But... No refrigeration. He's just gonna like get on a you know get on a boat that has to like or or like ride on his horse with this yeah. rotting head. Oh, oh wait, I mean, you, you, Zul, you salt it up. I mean, you come on. Salt it or they put it in a rum barrel. I mean, there's lots of different ways. Oh, this. okay. Yeah, <laughs> and there, there's Pickle very, there's very strong, yeah, yeah. Yeah. there's very strong um, um, fragrances that you can apply to it and wrap it up tightly. Yeah. Okay. Have you, have you, you're talking like I'm, you've never transported a severed head. Come on. Okay, all right. <laughs> Hasn't everyone done this? 
<laughs> I I haven't. So Ooh. Yeah. First yeah. time, huh? <laughs> yeah. First but time. but yeah, so that's it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> so that yeah. Obviously um, what, what I, I, I I think it's interesting too when he's talk when um the great master guy is talking about um the other person in tier is is he's like kind of talking like it's territorial like he's like saying uh do you think i could move in tier without him knowing so it's not like he's like i don't want to fight him i'm not just going to go down there but like i don't want him to get a hold of elaine because then he will have like some sort of influence in my area and so to your point about there being like they're not exactly working together, but they're not exactly working against each other. It's kind of a uneasy alliances, maybe. I don't know. Um, but they're definitely sort of drawing lines in between each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd like to say that's, I guess in older writings, that's very typical of um the evil side or the dark side or whatever that they would be even even when they try to organize that they would be vying for power because you know having power being in charge being the one that saves the day for the dark side i guess gives you some sort of leverage but not i mean it doesn't talk about it here but i think the cool thing about this book is we see even on the the side of the light, the good side, they're equally, if not more, discombobulated. I mean, you look at the white cloaks, and all of the the impression that we have from them is they would be hundred percent against the Forsaken and wanting to fight them, right? Like they would be the the purest of pure, but they're kind of screwed up in their own ways. Uh, and then you have the White Tower, and you know they have certain responsibilities to guard the seals, which they don't know where they are. You have different eyes to die that are in different factions that are focused on different things. I mean, they're even the good guys are screwed up here. So yeah. Why wouldn't our bad guys be screwed up? That's everybody's mm-hmm. screwed up. Nobody knows what anybody's doing. Yeah. And everybody's land much, here. <laughs> I think it's, it's very much, you know, it's the, no matter what side you're on, you get the whole range of, like human desires and um, goals and yeah. issues. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. only one mother Teresa and everybody else is looking out for number one, yeah. you know, to some degree or another. Yeah. 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 So this ends this scene with Comar telling him that he'll take care of it personally. And Matt continues to sneak on towards the palace. Um, uh, so as he's doing it, he, now he's kind of distracted as he's walking, because now he's all I can think about is he needs to, you know, get to tear. You know, this is bad. I need to get this, deli- this letter out. I need to leave. So a lot's running through his head right now. Um, and you know, he runs inside and runs right into a guard, <laughs> an officer, actually. Good old Talonvor, which we've actually we've met him. Um, he was in Eye of the World. Yeah, that's who had who. Got a hold of Rand. Rand, when when Galad, uh, when called the guards, Talavor was the guy who came and seized Rand. And oh, okay. Rand yeah. So, mm-hmm. same it, guy. That, that that didn't click, but that makes more sense. It doesn't take very long for us to realize that he's part of the old guard and not the new guard. Yeah. yeah. 
and he even says like, you know, obviously like he even comments on it. Like another one got through the garden. What we got to do something about this wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. This yeah. is just getting ridiculous. Hey, and, you know, he asked, yeah, go ahead. Well, this is the point where I would ask Chris, but, uh, Zul think back to your first time reading. Anybody else think it's neat that when Rand did it, he was, he was kind of zoned out like the, I don't know. I don't know if he had a channel like to be able to get up the tower, but he was in Nana land when he did it. Um, and it, it just seemed like he had extra help to scale that wall. At least that's what it felt like. But Matt just kind of was like, well, if Rand could do it, I could fucking do it. Like Ray, Matt didn't even consider that scaling the wall would be a problem. He was more concerned with after I scale, scale the wall is, is there going to be an issue with me getting around inside? He just went and did it. And boom, he's over the wall. Well, I think what I remember about them is they both thought about the same thing. Basically, when they took off to, um, you know, like the mountains of mist, like the two of them in Perrin, and they like climbed and scaled things there. And it didn't look any harder than that. Um, yeah. You know, they might have slipped and slid a little bit, but. Um, they both thought about that. And so it's interesting that it, that kind of like brings you back to, they both do have ex experience and um, together and that ties them together. As a matter of fact, he even thinks of like some, some um, little trophies that he brought back from that trip when they got in trouble for being gone for three days. And so mm -hmm. I think they had the same experience to help them. Yeah. It, True. And, yeah. So at this point, Matt's kind of stuck with this officer. The officer is, you know, ready to pretty much arrest Matt or take off his head or do what he has to do. And Matt shoves the letter this time right in front of him. Like, I'm a messenger from Elaine. I need to talk to the queen. And Talon, Talon is like, okay, well, can we read a letter? I'll give it to the queen. You can get out of here now. And he's like, no, I need to give it to her myself. And, they had this interchange and there's this tension moment. He's like, fine, but if you do anything, I'll cut your head off faster. Than you can but wait, blink. Like, where did they really bond? Alan, what was the bonding moment? It was one line from Matt that he almost regretted saying. <laughs> it's a good one. I, I, I don't have the, the they were, they were, they were talking about the guy at the gate. And he oh, said, yes. you see, he goes, a fat man with eyes like a rat. And then it said, Matt cursed his tongue. But even at that moment, the officer was like, Okay, yeah. If you think yeah. if you think he's a jackboot, so do I. All right, come on, let's yeah. let's do this. Uh, yeah, like he yep. he had to stop himself from smiling. Right. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep, Almost him. smiled too. I, I love yeah. that. That was their that was their bond. That was the moment of trust. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Good judge of character. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And I like so... that. And I like that Matt says, "I promised it, and I always keep my promises." Mm -hmm. Yes. Like yeah. that's something that's really important to Matt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and clearly yeah. something that this young officer uh, also sees as, you know, uh, a good character trait, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the officer, like I said, does agree to escort Matt to the queen, um, but under provisions, um, a close eye. And Matt goes, you know, tells him he's a loyal Anderman and follows him to more gays and Gabriel are there as well. So both there in the room. So now we get into this uh, interchange where they're in front of where Matt's in front of the queen. Well, right, right before that, uh, 
Talonivore? How do we say that? Yeah, Talonivore. 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 Talonivore has to remind Matt to take the flower out of your hair, he said, while he sheathes his blade. (laughs) Do you think you come here courting? I still... Does... Just tell me, does Jordan close the loop on this? Did we get an explanation why Matt's sticking flowers in his hair? Like six books from now, do we find out some reason why he would do that? Because this just seems so odd to me. I think Matt's just being Matt. He's just being like carefree and being funny. And he thinks it's amusing to himself. Like, I don't know. I I mean, mean, that's that's cool. Yeah, because he made it in so easily he's just like strolling around the gardens like sneaking from bush to bush and he's like look looking around and he's just like you know just being so like kind of happy-go-lucky about it because he's like it's not a risk at all there's nobody here yeah yeah but zul think of this from what you know from me right would i scale the wall sure would i sneak around yes but at what point do you see me going i did it it was so easy Look at that rose. I'm going to stick that shit in my hair. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't connect those dots. I don't know. If I'm missing Some something, like somebody. So you're just in, the in a different turning. That's, you know. Yeah. Oh, there you okay, go. that's true. Just slightly off. There's just one slightly little. Di- oh, slight difference. I found the first thing that I don't understand with Matt. <laughs> flower in the hair. Yeah, oh, I mean, my son's three and he'll put flowers in his hair, you know. <laughs> I probably did. I probably did when I was young. I probably did. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, so one other thing I want to mention too is when Matt mentions that he's a loyal Enderman, he says, you know, he'd do anything for former gays and Gabriel. He mentions Gabriel's name and, you know, he's trying to, I guess, fill Tal- Talonvor out. And Talonvor doesn't seem to like that response. Like it doesn't, there's something all, like he notices something about Talonvor there. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, so they get in front of Morghese, Um and Morghese is want to talk about the scene. Morghese is just kind of lounging there and kind of spaced out a little bit. Yeah, Mo- mooning all over over Lord Gabriel. So did did anybody have a prediction about Morghese? I mean, there's a prediction we, that Tom's going to come save her on a white did horse. Did we make any relation to Lord of the Rings? Any? That never came uh, No, up, yes, huh? you did. No, yeah, yeah. No, 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 yes. Uh, King Ronan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, well, Oh, oh, the, the King of Rohan? Yeah, King, yes. King Rohan. It, well, it's not playing out exactly the same. Like, I think she's a little bit, she has her control over her mind a little bit more. I, I think it's pretty similar. Like, this is the way I'm picturing it in my right. head. I feel like she would have maybe answered differently even if he was a little bit further away or in another room but with him there it's like she was it wasn't just uh i don't feel like there's just some sort of threat to her or hers or her kingdom i think i think there is some sort of compulsion here as well mm-hmm. it may not be that strong yet but i i think she's under okay, the influence so you mean from gabriel yes so um, if we get to anything in here specifically that kind of points that out, would you, to you, would you point that out to us? Mm, I'll try. My highlighting skills recently have been poor, but, but yes, we'll, okay. yeah. we'll get to it. Yeah. So Morghese does get the letter and she opens it up 
with one quick flick of the wrist, uh, you know, and uh, it starts to read it and you can see like her facial expressions are very mixed. Like she's, she's happy about some things, but obviously very concerned about others as well. I think she's more, like I said, she's more angry about the lack of information alert. So short, but she's excited that she's been raised to accept it. You know, she's like, Oh, look at this. She's been raised to accept it already within a year. Um, so she's proud of her. You know, there's a little bit of a, a proud daughter moment. Uh, you're proud of her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it's like, this is it. This is, she wrote to me and this is all she gave me. Um, and, and you know, the entire time Matt's trying to like tell more gays what he overheard. He's like, but I got more to say. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> you have nothing more to say. You, you know, peasant. I'll tell you when thing. to talk. So what do you think about this whole interaction, especially with, with Gabriel cutting him off and. Um, well, I know you kind of picked here as a stopping point. Uh, it, and, you know, maybe it's the whole Tavirian thing that made things play out the way it did. So he didn't reveal too many cards with Gabriel there before he knew, right? Because that would have got him in trouble. So it was smart that he eventually kept that to himself. But the the whole scenario as a whole, my main focus was, I spoke about it earlier, is the impression I got of Morghese and the type of character she was before. And... The situation we're in now. That's why I mentioned I don't feel like she's under full control. I think she still has some of her wits because uh, even this interaction, I I think she's she's playing it for Gabriel's sake. Like, oh, this is all she sends me in the letter. Well, I mean, I guess that's cool that she's accepted. I guess she could have told me more. That's it. Oh, you know, she's still doing the bidding of the Amberlynn seat. That's ridiculous. Whatever. I feel like that was just it was part of the play to to fool gabriel i feel like if you jump forward to the message she gives matt to give her Mm -hmm. she she takes a moment to really get his attention and be like you need to tell her that and exactly that sort of thing as if there's a coded message that she received and a coded message that she's given and maybe so, I'm reading into that too much, but it's hard for me yeah. to talk about the message that she received and not touch on the message given. And I think Morghese still has enough of her shit together here to try and get a distress call out to her daughter or something. Okay. So do you think do you think Matt avoided talking about uh, the conversation because of luck or because of what's that word? Um shit loyal what is that thing we call them who you know who the boys oh Tavirin. yeah Tavirin. that's the one yep very nice you think it you think it is Tavirin? yeah i mean all the dice rolling and stuff just happening when it needs to happen it's it's got to be a little bit I, of that i mean he, because he does you know, he does uh, get a chance to talk a little bit, but I think it's like he's just a, he's just stopped exactly at the right exactly. moment. My queen, by chance, I overheard, sil- be silent, boy. Five more seconds, and he right? screwed the pooch. Right. I don't believe in coincidence. If there's anybody out there that watches the original NCIS with Gibbs, there's no such thing as coincidence. And I, I live off of all of his rules. So, yeah. 
some something is intervening there and uh, i mean so far all that could be is the taviraness well unless this gabriel dude knew that matt knew well, i didn't even think of that is well, there any chance that, that he knew any chance he that he about knew that later he, where he's like oh no did he, did he know like he's like he wants to like we'll get to it later when he's like trying to leave the palace and he's like did he know did he know that i was that i overheard oh my god yeah that didn't really sink in until now but well i don't know. i mean if yeah. you're forsaken and somebody's like listening to you talk about talk to you one of your lackeys about going to like chop off like the daughter heir's head you think you're gonna just like leave him hanging out out there and not at least send right. somebody to, to get him or like if it is a forsaken, like just use the power on him and do something to him right then and there. Right, right. So having having dealt with uh, a manipulator before, um, it it wasn't surprising that he was quick to cut off the any amount of the conversation that he had no control over or didn't know what might come out. So it doesn't mean that he knew. It means that. Uh, Oh, okay, this will sound dumb. It doesn't mean that he knew what Matt was going to say, but it means that he didn't know what Matt was going to say, and so he cut him off. He was controlling the information. It was too much risk. Correct. Right. And the, the letter okay. was already going to come. He couldn't control that. It already happened. But any right. additional information, if it wasn't already cleared by him, he was going to he's going to stop it. I mean, that's manipulation one hundred and one. You you control the information. All right, so in that vein, immediately after doing this, he, like, reaches in and just grabs the letter from Wargaze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure out what's going on. But that's why I give – that's why um, I want to give some credit to Morgaze. I and Elaine. I'm feeling like maybe there's some coded message going on here that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that – I love that Tom tried to figure it out, and he was like, there's no – there's no cipher here. Yep. Yep, yep. But that he, he knows know everything. There's yeah. no cipher there, but guess where Tom's never been? In the White Tower. Tom's never mm-hmm. been a novice. Tom's never been uh raised to the accepted. There might be a very basic means that they communicate with one another secretly that the average person just would not know. You have I to like be on the channel a little bit to I, be able to do it. And as I said in the last book, the Kyrians might be masters of the great game, but the the White Tower invented it. Oh yeah, they did. Ha 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 ha. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so um, Marge starts asking Matt more questions about you know like, well, how did you get to be this messenger? And and Matt makes this whole entire quick backstory. He's quick at his feet. He's like, you know, I'm just simply country boy. I went to go to Darvalin. My sister's there, so I went to go see her and happened to run into Elaine. Didn't even know who she was, and she handed me his letter and said, I'd take it to you and. You know, I'm a good Queens man, so I have to do what the daughter heir says, of course. So here I am. I'm I'm ha- happy to get off though and leave. <laughs> it kind of makes me nervous how good of a liar Matt is. <laughs> because really? he he puts so much truth into his lies. Um and it they're really not overly explained. You know, sometimes if somebody is given too big of a story, it's unbelievable. But there's enough truth in there. Went to visit my sister. She's a novice. Elsie Grinwell. So the Grinwell thing could be looked up that she was a novice and blah, 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 blah. There's enough truth in there that if somebody really wanted to check, they'd be like, well, that's kind of true. Maybe it could be true. 
Well, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. But but your Lord Gabriel's kind of not buying it. Not kind of. He's not buying it. He's like, we just put this kid to the question. Let's lock him up. Let's question him. Let's interrogate him. And, and this is where I give more gaze a little bit of credit because she she puts into that. She's like, no, no, stop. Right. <laughs> like we're not going to do that. This guy just is delivering a message. He's a country lad. Let him go. Right. So to Zul's point earlier, this is this is one of the main points where she totally contradicts Gabriel. Uh-huh. Um, and this is one of those moments where she's not completely under his control. She has the ability to make decisions and to to override him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and you know, it could be God, so much is going on here. So Gabriel could just be super smart. And let's say he is um a forsaken. If if he just came in and totally overthrew there's still enough people we could see right now by who brought Matt in here. There's enough people that are loyal to Morgays that there would be too big of a fight. Mm-hmm. And we we learn about how Gabriel kind of came to his position in power when he did. Uh, so right now he has everybody backing him, whether they want to or not. Even if people are kind of not really trusting him, they back him because of how he rose to power. But if he forces it, and if it's obvious that he's forcing Morgays, uh, I think he'd have a, have a fight on his hands. So he's he's carefully picking and choosing his battles. And Morgay's, like you said, Alan, stood up to him right here and was like, no, Gabriel, too many have been put to the question. I could see the need as you have shown it to be, but not for this. Not a boy who only brought a letter whose contents he does not know. And then that was that. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And then he, he, he says, as my queen commands, so shall it be. So... Boom. In front of all these people, he is bowing to the queen's, you know, yeah. decision on his advice. That is that is smart. And in Camelin, it's always a queen, right? It's the, yes. it's yes. the women, right? Always queen. So always a queen. He has to be able to influence, control, or manipulate the queen. He can't be the one in charge. So mm-hmm. he's he's got to be very careful how he does this. Yeah. And before he leaves, she does give a message to Matt to return to Elaine. Um, but uh, Matt immediately says, well, I'm not going back there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't plan ever going back to Tarval. And, uh, and tell so- her that I often think of my own time there and miss the quiet talks with Shiriam in her study. <laughs> tell her that. Mm-hmm. Or tell her that I said that, Tom Grunwell. So that's the part. So that's- that last line, that's. That's where the code is. Tell her I often think of my own time there and miss the quiet talks with Shiriam in her study. So one of two things. You know who Shiriam is, right? But she's right. Mrs. Novice that beats the shit out of them all the time. Alan, Alan, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Either this is super secret squirrel code or this is some kinky shit where she's like, God damn, Shiriam could lay down a spanking girl. Mm, get you some. Spankings for everybody. Now, I don't care which option it is. I feel like either option will make for a really good book or two. So either there is a secret code and the heroes pull one over on the bad guys. Or we're going to get more spankings. I think it's win-win for the reader. I'm going to. Okay, hold on. Or maybe we get both. Maybe both. Oh, gosh. Could it be both? Bankings are in the forecast. Yes. Okay. It's about a, <laughs> well, hold on. We're in the mid Atlantic. So spankings, it's about a 30% chance. 
Yeah. Okay, thirty percent chance. That means stinky. that means they have no clue what's going to happen. So. <laughs> yes, there you go. That way, if there are no spankings, they can say, "Well, we only said thirty percent." Yeah, and no then if there are spankings, they said, "Well, we predicted that there would be spankings." Right? right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Did I share you guys like the uh, amount of times like? So obviously, Robert Jordan writes about spankings, but someone actually graphed out like. Uh, the amount of times that cleavage, breasts, um, low you know cut, um, and they made a graph per book. And as the books go on, it gets more and more and more until uh, the last three books when Sanderson takes over and then it drops nothing. Uh, I mean, well, now Sanderson's- I don't want to finish the series. You just ruined it for me. <laughs> it's just funny. Like the, you can see Jordan's writing style. <laughs> uh, that was a big spoiler. Right now. That's Everything in relation to where is in relation to the bosoms and then the spankings and then uh-huh. the occasional well-turned calf for the ladies. Yeah. For the ladies, got the well-turned calf, yes. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's uh, that's pretty much the end of this conversation. I mean, um, uh, Gabriel hands him a purse and says, get out of here, uh, get out of here. Um, and says, you know, go see, go see the world before you, know, you go back home. Here's some money. Um, there were a couple of names mentioned in this, in this chapter. He mentions, um, Kyrie in here at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think he's kind of already dismissed Matt at this point. Yeah. So, so he, tur- he turns away from Matt and starts talking to more gays about her claims to the sun throne and Kyrie because it's civil war is going on there and basically like, all right, we need to turn our focus to Kyrie uh, there's a civil war going there. Morgage, you have a claim to the throne. And Talonvor Talon then turns to Matt's like, that's your cue. Let's get out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I- Matt at least does get to overhear something that wasn't really meant for his ears. Yeah. And I want to know mm-hmm. what you make of it. Shit. I don't know. I So my focus was more on the clumsiness of Gabriel. So if... Gabriel is a forsaken. Uh-huh. And and honestly, at this point, I'm thinking less and less that he is. But if he is, he sucks at it. Or, or his talents with channeling and what he's able to see and do is not that great compared to some of the others we've seen. Because he's got Matt right there in front of him. And either he's playing it super dumb and super cool, or he just doesn't know who Matt is. And... We, we've seen Perrin being tracked down. We've seen Matt being tracked down. Obviously, Rand is being tracked down. Like, these other Taverans stand out like crazy to some of the other Forsaken. But somehow, this guy doesn't know who Matt is. And even, even if he wasn't a Forsaken, even if he was one of these puppets for Ballsy, like, mm-hmm. at this point, all of Ballsy's people should know who Matt Perrin and Randar, right? So why is this guy so clueless? But then you start asking yourself, maybe he's not clueless and he's he's just playing the game, but to what end? I All don't right, know. So you, you bring up an inst- interesting point there. So if he's not a Forsaken and then and he doesn't know who Matt is, then obviously he wasn't at the um, Dark Friend Social at the beginning of the Great Hunt because they all sure. saw their faces, right? Sure, sure. Um, so he at least wasn't one of those people. You can eliminate that. Yeah. Um, 
if he's are forsaken, the forsaken, one thing you do need to know is they didn't all come out at the same time. And right. they are just people and they are in different places. And if they're not sharing information. Yeah, he, could, he, could, he if, could be fresh. He could have been he, one of the most recent ones to come right. out. What if, what if they're not like sharing, like they're not like sending, like putting it on the, like the group, the group text saying. They don't like, got a discord. Yeah, they don't got a Discord where they're sharing like all the pictures. Like these are the dudes. Look out for them. So do you have Discord, bro? Do you even Discord, bro? Do you even Discord? This right? this guy does not freaking Discord. He, yeah. he so did, no social media whatsoever. Right? We don't even like we don't even know how they're communicating, do we? Well, some of them dabble in each other's dreams, but you know it's okay. Not everybody has those skills. We know that Landfair okay. owns it and gets pissed when other people use it. But yeah, right. so he's on the fringe somehow. Uh, but if, if God, so many ifs here, if he is forsaken um, and he seems clumsy so far, uh, you don't, you don't become forsaken for nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. when is he going to show us what his badass skills are? Have we seen oh. them yet? I don't think so. More to come. That's what yeah. she said. Maybe just uh, all the. Um, some, someone just mentioned this in chat. Maybe it's there is a dark friend Discord, but Gabriel. 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 Yeah, it's so uh, annoying that he's just not invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's like secret channels I mean, he's not doesn't have access to. He's not a patron. He doesn't get the patrons only. Or they're trying to do a live chat, but Discord be Discorded. And. It- Every, everybody's deafened and they can't figure out why. <laughs> right. Blame, blame, yeah. fear. Anyways. Yeah. Right, so, so when it comes to him, Gabriel, um, I'm not, I'm not confident enough to say anything about who he is, what he is. I just, man, I, there's a lot of questions there. I, I still feel yeah. like he, he probably is, um, uh-huh. a mm-hmm. forsaken the way things have been unrolling. And and maybe you're right, Zul. Maybe it's maybe he came out later than the others, and they're not communicating well. That that might that answers a lot of my questions. But still, you would think. I mean, all this communication time, in the well, wheel of time. But shouldn't you be able to? I don't know. Maybe some. Maybe there's something about Matt's Tavirinness that could also, as much as it makes him stand out. Or him and Perrin and Rand, maybe if they play it right, they can use it to help disguise themselves. Uh huh. You so know I, when when Matt I was don't being, know enough <laughs> when Matt was being chased from by dark friends, like in Tarvalon, um, he obviously had kind of been like a little bit of a big deal among some of the Aes Sedai, right? So he was kind of known in that place. In this place, he's just walked in out of nowhere, said, I am, you know, Joe Hayseed with just just delivering this message. So maybe there's just not enough there to like send off any signals. And maybe if he'd stayed longer, something would have like clicked. I don't know. I don't know what he would have done differently. Um Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, the other ones have done things along the way to kind of like 
put them on somebody's radar and he kind of slipped away. Um, and they've been trying to like track him down or something. And um, he kind of like as a little bit under the radar at this moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, so, well done, Chris. Y'all put on your floaties. Yep, Chris you is go. smoking. We are in the deep water right now, baby. <laughs> well, that's how we end this chapter. So is there anything that we missed or anything that, you know, you guys want to go back on that we skipped over? I miss um, Lanfear. I miss her. I do. Oh. I miss her. Wifey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she might be I back. Do, I, I do like that, you know, Gabriel's talking and um, Morgay's kind of frowns at him. Like she's listening to him, but she's frowning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. She is frowning at him. And I do like that. Because he's like, yeah, let's go invade or whatever. I don't know. Let's go make our claim in Kyrian because it's war tone. I don't know what he's saying there. Um, so, so also before we move on, I mean, one thing she's, Zul- of, she's, oh. she's th- listening and thinking about it, but she's frowning. Yeah. One thing Zul had mentioned before for Ian to kind of share anything that kind of points to, you know, kind of a, a Lord of Rohan um, situation. Um, anything that stood out from this, this part to you, Ian? The, the trouble is the interaction points more towards not a compulsion or some sort of like magic being used to force her to do or think a certain way. It's, it's almost like um, either his political influence because of his rise to power and she doesn't want to risk anything there. But I just, I, I think she's too strong of a woman to give a shit about that. Uh, she might or he might have something to um use against her maybe threatening somebody's life but i can't think of who she would care for other than her daughter mm-hmm. um oh but maybe maybe it turns out that he's threatening tom's life and she still loves tom maybe that's still happening right. i don't know so i i got one for you hmm. do you think they're doing the you know Brown chicken, brown cow. Do you think they're doing it? Ooh, wait, with Gabriel? Yeah. If that's happening, uh, she's I mean, not thrilled about it. I don't, man. I would be. In fact, I'd, I'd borderline. Okay, okay, go okay. On break I'm gonna back, I'm, I'm gonna if back we it find up. out that what happens, I might quit for two weeks. Fuck I'm that. backing it up no. for a minute. When he says, "As my queen commands," and he like touches her cheek in a way that made color come to her face and her lips part as if she expected a kiss well then then maybe there's your compulsion i just i don't see i more, mean more gaze more gaze what if he's just really good in bed and so mm-hmm. that's how he became her um her advisor for her and to why she listens to him at for, all for her to f over her entire kingdom because of that. I mean, let's go back to Tom coming across the water and finding out that people are going to be cut off, that people aren't being fed. And he's like, wait a minute, this is not more gays. People don't change like the base pillars of their character. You don't know sex. how good that D is. 
You don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know anything okay. about good D, but I've had some good <laughs> other letters. Other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, well, it's caused problems for sure. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's never, it's never changed that, that those base foundations of my moral character. So for, for that to be changed in her, um, that, that that takes some sort of compulsion and that's even more fucked up. See, if you're setting me up for like them hooking it up, but like, or hooking, hooking up, but her being like influenced to do so, like I'm, I'm going to start getting really pissed at these books and I'm not excited <laughs> about that. Yeah. But I mean, it All is right. what it is. It is what it is. Sometimes it'd be like that. I'm going to, so, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Some dude at, uh, uh, Lidl with the name tag Gabriel's could be checking me out and I'm going to just throw a punch. Oh no. And then I'm going to be in jail and I'm be like, I'm sorry. This book I'm reading is very intense. That Gabriel guy's a a-hole. Man. Maybe, maybe they haven't actually, you know, done anything and he's just really smooth. I mean, everybody else is listening to him. So. Mm-hmm. Nah, true. Could be a smooth talker. That's a punk. I don't like yeah. him. If he turns yeah. out to be the hero of this story, like God. Jordan's messed up, man. He's got a twisted head. Moving on to chapter 47 to race the shadow. And we got dice. Um, so more shadow talk and a dice icon, which means more mat. So that's exciting. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Exciting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't like so, the way their pips are lined up though. They're kind of like in a circle. Yeah. What's up with that yeah. shit? Two oh, rows of three, baby. Come on. Yeah. And and look, the two of the sides are the same. Like, well, no, they're not. Let's see, it's five, and that's six. Oh, yeah, no, they're six. The six are like the, because I guess they're called crowns. Isn't that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's why the so six is like in a circle, because circle. it's a crown. It's a crown. Oh, there you go. That would make sense. Uh-huh. At least yeah. there's a reason behind it. I only yeah, know that and- pips are pips because Alan once led trivia, and that was one of his questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're yep. pips. I'd yeah, love asking are. those 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 crazy useless ones like what are what are certain things called um, that no that everyone knows what they are but no one has any idea like what they um uh, like what their name is like yeah. my favorite one what favorite one like what is the the plastic or metal piece on the on the end of your shoelace or drawstring oh shoot. An, I, I know that word yeah I don't There's I have name. no clue. There's a name for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone got in chat. It's an aglet. No way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not only a word, but it's fancy sounding. I know. All right. I guess we can drop the T for French. An aglet. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to be in this chapter now. So now we're definitely on tangents. I definitely had this whiskey too hard. Um, so <laughs> let's right. go. Ahead. So how does it Already start, interested. Alan? Yeah. So we, we start with uh, Tal- Talon Vore uh, helping Matt get past uh, the unfriendly guard that was still on duty. So um, we, we get to, to meet our old, old uh, fat, ratty eye guy again. So let's nor- talk about that. I'm normally not a fan of kicking people where they're down or like one-upping folks or, you know, sometimes usually you just let it, let it play out and not rub it in. But there was something very satisfying about this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really enjoyed this. In, yeah. in fact, I think it should have been rubbed in a little bit more. I don't know. I just, I liked it. Yeah. 
kind of kick you know, him and say like, and and I think maybe it would have been rubbed in a little bit more, except that the two people who like Matt and Talonvor were both worried about something. So correct. And but they so both... like Matt is like, okay, so I'm just I'm just a hayseed gawking at things in the palace. I just want to get out of here, but I don't want to run. And then Talonvor, why do you think Talonvor is worried? Yeah, he's asking Matt a bunch of questions, and Matt's yeah, obviously playing the village loud. But um. well, he's got to know that. Uh, so obviously, we we have found out a lot of the guard has been switched out, mm-hmm. and there's people that are. You probably have people that are loyal to more gays, but also think they're loyal to Gabriel. That they could do both. You probably have plenty that are just loyal to Gabriel and they're the most dangerous ones. And then you have people like uh Talonvor that is just loyal to the queen. And those people are probably few and far between. In fact, mm-hmm. he's the only one we've met so far. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. He's right. got to be careful. He needs, he needs to, uh, he's in a position where he might even be willing to, do horrible things to maintain his position just so that he knows if push comes to shove, he's in a position to, to defend the queen. Cause mm-hmm. he sees the writing on the wall, you know? So yeah, yeah, I don't think there's much he's not willing to do. I think he's so devoted to defending her. Yeah. I and mean, he even mentions he's, he's more gays is mad, not Gabriel's at all. But. Yeah. He mm-hmm. flat out said it. Right, so, so, yeah. And Matt is really nervous about this because he's like, he gets walked out, and then he's like, uh, fare you well, Talonvor. And he starts across the plaza, and Talonvor just keeps walking with him. He's like, oh, my gosh. Is he Gabriel's man or Morgaze's? And so mm-hmm. um, that's where they have to kind of, like, feel each other out a little bit here. And, um, and yeah. Talonvor is trying to get some information out of him. Yeah. If only they would communicate better. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, loyal. <laughs> that was almost a loyal. Actually, it sounded, so it sounded, yeah, it sounded it was a little almost, bit too high speed. Got to slow it down. Yeah. Got to slow. Anyway. So, um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it uh, you know, mentions that you know, he's Morghese's man, not Gabriel's. And Matt said he'll wager the purse that he received from Gabriel. But Gabriel would say the same thing. So they're walking out. And Talonvor keeps walking with Matt. And Matt's like, oh, no, is this Gabriel's man or Morghese's? And um, this is where Talonvor starts asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt just doesn't answer most of all, just plays the village idiot. Yeah, and he's like, look, I was only there three days. And um, trying to figure out what in the world is this guy after? He's like... Um, you know, every I basically I saw nothing of importance. I was only there to see else Elsa, my sister. Mm-hmm. And so this is where he says, uh, Talvor says, "Who is Shiriam? Does talking to her in her study mean anything?" Yeah, bingo. So he, like I said, he picked up on that same line that that was that was the important line that Morghese wanted, like verbatim. Make sure you tell that to her. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's trying to figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. 
they're both trying to feel each other out. They're both in a position where they don't know who to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, even though Matt's very suspect to him and they're, well, they're probably very suspect of each other. Neither one, neither one of them is burning a bridge with each other. I don't know. We don't really get a good, I, so, I think that line, oh. I think his line asking about the Shiriam thing was probably the best hint to Matt that he's probably somebody he should trust. He's somebody that's, mm-hmm. you know, on Morgaze's side, despite everything else being said. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, they, they you know, try to ask each other, are you a loyal Andorman, Tom Grinwell? And yeah. then Matt comes back. What about you? Do you serve Morgaze and Gabriel loyally? And that's when Talonvor gives him a hard look. Bam. Oh, I like this. As hard as the dice's mercy. Dice have mm. no mercy. Ooh. Mm. So I serve Morgaze, Tom Grinwell. Her, I serve to the death. Fare you well. Yep. I love it. Yeah. So Matt leaves. I, I'm oh, kind of hoping, like, at the end of this exchange, when you see it on the big screen, even though nothing was officially said and there were questions asked and answers dodged and everything, I like, hopefully there's a short dramatic pause and then one of them puts their hand out for the, the handshake and the other takes it. But not like the handshake, the one where they, like, shake the forearm. Oh yeah, you know what I'm the, talking the, about the room, the room, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. The little bit deeper one, yeah. Like there, like there should be this dance, but just so the watchers know, the people watching know that there's a, a nudge and a wink. There should be the the Roman handshake and the head nod, but, and then but, they but when on. you when you do that, you always have to say strength and honor. You know, that's right. That's, yeah, <laughs> you know the Roman. And right. in this life or the next, I will have my revenge. Do Do you remember the guy who sailed with Peter uh, Vortek? Yeah, he, he, that's how he always shook hands. Like he would always do the, the and he'd always say strength and honor. Like he was strength and honor. Like and he did it as a joke, but it was just his his thing. Eventually, it sticks. Yeah, <laughs> eventually, it sticks. It was it was, it was his stick. Um. So yeah, after this, Matt kind of races back to the Queen's Blessing. Um, tries to get back as fast as possible. Gets in, and Tom and Gill are playing a game of stones. And Matt comes in and says, we got to leave. We're going to tear right away. I'm going to eat a meal and we're leaving. And Tom's like, why are you in such a hurry? Like, what's going on? And Matt ignores him completely. It's like, Gil, what do you know about this Lord Gabriel? Yeah. So let's go into this. Well, first of all, is my cat's purring going to be an issue? I don't think so. Okay. Added bonus. We 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 appreciate animals on this up. On this if you ask that question in the third chapter, I would have such a dirty joke to make. But I need about <laughs> one, maybe two more beers to make it. So you're good for now. Okay. In the next hour, careful asking that. <laughs> okay. so I've got an answer for you. No, no, we 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 stand animals on our pod. Our very okay. first episode, within the first minute of our very first episode, my dog barks, so it's it's okay. Yeah. And well, this, actually, this, this cat was on the podcast before I was. It was, yeah, the cat yeah. was. That is true. Mm-hmm. There is there's a hidden episode where Tool's cat is in the <laughs> in the background. That's perfect. So, yeah, that's happened. <laughs> 
Now everyone listening to this episode, you have to go back and re-listen to all our episodes again to find which one. Oh, it's not it's an episode challenge. that I'm listed on. Yeah, you're not listening on. You don't talk at all during the nope. entire episode. Nope. Right. But the cat's purred in the background. Yep. That's perfect. <laughs> little little hidden Easter egg somewhere in our podcast. So, so yeah, so let's talk about this. Innkeeper. My, so the first thing I hooked in on was, uh, and, you know, as mentioned earlier, Gabriel's whole spiel about being from uh, near, near the two rivers, that area. And this goes back to Gabriel clearly not knowing who the fuck Matt is. Like, having no clue. Obviously, Matt's going to call BS on this. And so they've they've dabbled in the area enough. They've done their mountains of mist or whatever they call it in this series. Misty mountains, mountains of mist. What is it here? Uh, it's the mountains of mist. Mountains it's of Misty mist. Mountains and yeah. Lord of the Rings. Misty Mountain Hop. Dun, right, right, right. Dun, yeah, dun, that's Zeppelin. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and and they've they've traveled enough since the beginning of this series. Like Matt would have heard about this dude. If he came from anywhere near where he's saying he came from. So big right. BS. And and Matt's trying to, I don't know, I feel like he's trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's someplace I don't know about, but he knows. He knows he's full of shit. Doesn't he even mention that he might be from Two Rivers and Matt's like, bullshit. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, like, we have no lords. Yeah. Well, and we knew that before. The first time they went through Camelin and they were all like, wait, we belong to you guys? I didn't know that. I, yeah. No. I never voted for you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. And, and apparently he came in while Marguerite was gone as well. You know, just happened to to come into the city and he was kind of like the, the white knight because the riots broke out. Um, I guess kind of a secession there because remember there's a lot of tension in the city when Rand was there. It was wearing the white and the red, and there's definitely uh-huh. uh, tension uh, about overthrowing the queen. And apparently, riots broke out while the queen was gone because they saw the opportunity. And here's Gabriel sits in as the knight in shining armor kind of deal. He called the, the led the uh, the help to suppress them. So, um, and as a reward, Marguez pointed him to her advisor. And I know he, I know Matt's like, I don't care about politics, man. Yeah. Know, tell me about Gabriel. But, and that's why he's yeah. like, I'm trying to tell you about him. Yeah. But um, Matt, that, yeah. And then Matt breaks in. He's like, well, why would he want to lay dead? Can he, can he be king? Like, can there be a king in Andor? And Gil's like, no, yeah. Andor's always queens. That's well, yeah. The, Tom choked while lighting his pipe. Andor has a queen lad, always a clean. If Margay's and Elaine both died. The light send it not so, then Morgay's nearest female relative would take the throne. At least there's no question of who that is this time. Blah, 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 Dylan. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, and like, then I, this like is I was where, mentioning before, always a female. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get a mention of, like, Tigrain, the one who was the daughter heir before. There was no, you know, clear succession after that. That's why it took while it took a while to get more gays in, but this time there would be clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm still holding on to, um, because it it's come up again. I mean, why mm-hmm. keep bringing it up? 
that there's going to be some reappearance of the vanished family members. Tigraine. Well, I mean, right now, Morghese is fighting him just enough, right? Where where it counts. Mm-hmm. Um, she she kept Matt from being essentially tortured. Uh, so Gabriel might be looking for somebody if this person mm-hmm. exists to be able to replace her. Oh. And the fact that and the fact that it could be even worse than that. The fact that somebody disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, he could bring somebody in and almost lie about who they are to try and get the throne filled, whether it's that actual person or if yeah. he makes it up. Because I mean, it was all sorts so of sh- long ago. Yeah, all sorts mm-hmm. of shadiness could happen here. Yeah. So, yeah. Do be determined. And you get the idea too that, or, well, you don't get the idea. Um, Gil doesn't like Gabriel. And Matt even asks him, like, why don't you like him? And and Basil Gill's just like, uh, I can't really explain it, but I have dreams about them, and I don't like them. Uh, and other people have these dreams, too. Yeah, bad dreams. Bad dreams. Where have we heard that before? Yeah, this people is muttering in corners. It's not new. No, I mean, like, everybody having the same dream, it's totally new. It's never happened before. No, yeah, it's never happened in these books. In these books. Nope. We have nothing to relate it to. Nope. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> So, and to go back to it, when Moraine was explaining, I guess she was talking to Perrin, not necessarily to Ran, about the whole dreams and everything and everybody sharing dreams. That's, at first I thought, oh, that's something that is unique to the dragon, but it's unique to anybody strong in the power and not even necessarily to Varen, or did she specifically say it's a Tavarian thing? She did not say it's a Tavarian thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah yeah they don't they, they they haven't quite explained it yet but definitely i mean when we were in ilian everyone was having strange dreams too yeah um they were well they were having strange dreams around rand up in the mountains mm-hmm. right yep. yeah then right. there were people yeah. having strange dreams in ilian now mm-hmm. we have people having strange dreams here and what is it that the gill says he's like i had this dream it's not until the end of this chapter, but he's like, yeah, I had this dream. And then I like, somebody told my own dream back to me as a, as a rumor. Yeah. So yeah, and, they, you know, and they swore it was, it was their own dream. Yeah. Like on the other side of Camelot. Oh, cause that's, you know, I mean, we're getting to that. I mean, that's, you know, Tom's like, well, if we want to, you know, help more gays, you know, the best way of doing that is when you start a rumor um, that the rumor or the voice of the people, it'll get back to more gays that way. We can make it so it doesn't trace back to us. And, you know, we can get rumors going and that can definitely break, you know, put cracks in any plan that this Gabriel might have. Yeah. Yeah. Something besides the dreams that's going on here uh, in the same chapter where we come up on the bad dreams is is, um, he's talking about there just seem to be too many people muttering in corners. That's part of his Mm -hmm. reason for like... Yeah, you know, and we saw that we saw that Ilian too, where people were just very angry and had grimaces on their faces. Yeah, and, that's what I was gonna say. That's why they had the girls singing the body songs, and you know, to try yeah. to distract people from. It was yep. it was just it was just off. It's a little weird, yeah. a little strange. Yeah. So it was but, like everybody was living in 2020, and <laughs> their, uh, and everybody's kind of just like pissed off and upset. I mean, if you had. 
so uh, all right maybe it's just the people uh i hung out with which was a lot of you guys so i'm about to tell on you uh anybody and everybody that had any sort of mental health i won't say flaw maybe weakness that generally they kept under wraps when 2020 hit that shit was exposed (laughs) we look whether you did it in public or did it on your own we all had some moments uh in this last year and a half of the covid lockdowns and everything right so like i i mean i thought about that as we were reading this uh and it, it was just so odd that i don't know we we had that unique reference but i i don't know or maybe i'm just crazy by myself and i'm the only one i think it's just all you man no we're, we're gonna we're gonna mentally shame you on this podcast alan alan <laughs> i have a picture of you passed out and snuggling in, <laughs> snuggling in my lap <laughs> mid covid okay. 2020 Hey, hey, we're not talking about he, that. It's true because he, he DM'd it to me. So I hey, what happens in the tent or on the couch or anywhere in the vicinity of me stays in <laughs> oh, the wait. vicinity. Of- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't count that it was on a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess now everybody okay. knows. Good luck editing that. That's <laughs> no, okay. I, I like wait. that. So when he's asking, like, why... Gil asks, well, why are you asking all these questions about Lord Gabriel? And so what does Matt say? Gabriel's a punk. 100%. Wait, no, he because spills, he wants he to kill Elaine yeah. and Egwene and Nynaeve with her. Mm-hmm. And Gil's shocked by this. He's like, yeah. Are you coming do- down sick again? Yeah. I remember you staring crossways at everyone the last time. It's either that or else you think this is some sort of prank. You had the look of a prankster to me. If that is it, it's a nasty one. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. And that's Doesn't where Tom he... eventually chime in. Chime in. Oh, I no, I might be mixing up parts. There was uh, one part it... where he said something outrageous, and Tom was like, "No, I think he's serious, and I think he means it." <laughs> no, that was that was the right part. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because, and, and he mentions um, this guy, Lord, Co- Lord Komar. He wants him, this guy, to cut Elaine's head off. Yeah. And he well, and even Gil, yep, Gil says, that does sound like Lord Komar. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But he was already, Crazy. like, a bad apple. Yeah. Oh, no, you're right, Alan. And right mm-hmm. after referencing Lo- Lord, uh, Lord Komar... That's where Tom chimes in. He's like, I, I think he does, Basil. I very much think he does. Like, Tom is listening to this, and he's seeing it unfold, and he's listening to the story unfold. And as outrageous as it is to Gil, what Matt's talking about and planning, uh, Tom's like, no, I've been around him enough. Uh, I've listened to this dude say some ridiculous shit and do some ridiculous shit. I think he's being pretty honest right now. Right. Yeah. This is where I'll be honest at this point, you know what I was hoping for the rest of this chapter is that Matt would go one way and Tom would go save his love more gaze. Cause I know that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I know. And, and, and and I think even Matt thinks that's going to happen, but then Tom kind of surprises them by saying, well, he'll join Matt and go into tear. Ah, and, that yeah, broke my heart. Yeah. Am I so and, okay? Stop. Stop. I need y'all because Chris isn't here. I need y'all to think back to when you read this the first time. 
was there a part of you that wanted Tom to go do something to rescue Morghese? Am I the only one that was like hoping that there was some just great romance here? Or what am I fucked up? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a part of that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I did. You know, part of me did, but then I listened to Tom's logic and wisdom there and was like, yeah, you know, the last time he saw her, she was like, it's the headsman for you. And, and if she, we've all been threatened with that shit. <laughs> I haven't. So, you well, know. no, no. Just I have. I, first time? <laughs> first time? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Ha, ha, ha. All right. Cry. Can we take a cry break? Is that a thing? Can I? <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. Last time was 15 years ago and outrun the headsman, act, headsman X um, and get out of the city. And I, he has some kind of quote about women never forgetting. Our, yes. I'm trying to remember exactly how the quote goes. I said, oh, my book in front of me. Um, any fool knows men and women think differently at times, but the biggest difference is this. Men forget, but never forgive. Women forgive, but never forget. You know, I had that line highlighted, not just underlined. I went and found a highlighter to highlight it. Because this is one of the few lines of this book that not only makes sense within the book, but just makes sense to me in life. Um, And I was prepared to say it when Chris was scheduled, but once Zul was on here, I knew to wait. And I knew, I, I knew you would, I knew you'd bring that one up. Yeah. I don't mean that it's a negative thing. I just, I just feel like that's one that would stand out to you as well. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. You know, that's part of his logic. He's like, that love yeah. has, um, someone told me that um, with time. Time, he- time heals all wounds. Yeah. Bullshit. Uh, wait, what? Was that huh? not in there? <laughs> Did I add that myself? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, basically, yeah. it's, it's no longer like a great passion. She's no longer his great passion now. Like, he's moved on. He has moved on. He has loved since her. Sure. He had, yeah. He had Dina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's still fond of her. Uh-huh. Um, so are you telling me you're buying it at this point, not knowing anything else in the story? You're buying it? Tom's story? Is, that time healed it? That the passion is gone? I, I, I think it's, look, I've been divorced a long time. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, there's somebody from before I was ever married that I will always love, um, the biggest, you know, very good, strongest passion in my life ever that, but I won't say that the passion's there now, right? I will always love this person. So there's a difference there. Yeah. And I think that's what he's getting at. Okay, I'll take that. I, I, w- I would I, right I, now. I, if agree, I, could... I, I agree with that. Sorry, Alan, to interrupt, but um, so not even, and I'm glad you said it that way because not even talking about my divorce and, you know, was married for quite some time. 
but I, I can think back to a long-term relationship I had high school into college where my feelings towards that person really have not changed all that much, but like so many other things in my capacity to love so many other things about me have changed that. I don't know. It is different, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's why I would disagree. I don't think the the love itself time hasn't really changed it. Time hasn't changed that relationship and how I feel but it changed my capacity to be able to love more and differently in other ways. Sure. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's me trying to be a little too floaty because Chris isn't here, but I, yeah. I, I felt like Tom was trying to, I don't know, talk himself out of it a little bit too much here. And and here I am. I'm just trying to think of how I can hit the Whitney Houston notes of I will always love you and figure that there's not enough whiskey in the world for me to hit that note. And so. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I will always love you. I know it's not. It's and high, man. It's actually that part. That part's not that high, actually. How well, wonderful at the end. life is. Oh, now you're getting to that. Now you're in the world. That was for delusions. We're going to do it. Duet. Come on. Go time. Total yep. log on right now. Total chef. Now that you sung it though, no, I can't. I can't hear the. I would probably, I would probably bring it down. Like, did I butcher it that bad? No, no, no. Mm, I'm just thinking yeah, like yes. where it is. She just said, "Gosh, you screwed that up so bad. I don't even know where I am." <laughs> and then she goes up. And then it goes high. Yeah, and that's where Ian did take it up high enough. <laughs> Don't want any like don't nail a note and then well anyway to me. That was amazing. <laughs> are you kidding me? God. Well done. And we Thank are now the sing along podcast. We are no longer <laughs> doing real time content. You've always been the sing along podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. I, I, that's, nope. that's how we fill time Chris when there's gaps. Here. I'm trying to channel my inner Chris. Oh, you're nailing it. This he he and I fill gaps with random singing. So well played. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There we go. Okay. So, we? Yeah. So where we are is they decide that, yeah, that Tom's leaving with them. Um, that, you know, it's not a good place for him to stay anyway. Probably would still end up at the headman headman's axe if he did. Uh-huh. And tears is as good a place as any other. So sure. I'll go with you. Uh, Basil Gill says he'll get him a good meal before they leave. And yeah. uh, Matt, Matt gives him the purse from Gabriel and Gil's like, I'm not taking your money. You keep it. You um, know, when, when Tom is considering to go at, mm-hmm. at this point, they, when Matt first walked in, they were playing a new game of stones because they'd been playing one when he left. Right. And he had walked away to go like light his pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, he, in this deliberation, he walks over and he places a stone and to Matt, he yes. sees that, and he sees it as an, it's an odd placement until you yeah, he's really like, That's a weird move. It. And he looked at it and he goes, wait, that's genius. If you <laughs> look a some... few steps ahead. Yeah. And uh-huh. again, Jordan B. Jordan, you can't overlook that. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm talking about how 
like Tom's doing the exact opposite of what I thought he would do. I thought he would stay. He would try to save. Forget all this BS about time changes everything and she wants to cut my head off. Love is love, man. And when you love to a certain level, like I believe he did with Morgays, you risk getting your head cut off. Um, And it's not that he isn't. And to Tom, I don't think this is running away. To Tom, it's he's looking a few chess moves or stones move down the road and where he could do the most good to help. Well, and he had just been talking about the game, capital G, like the game of houses. And Mm. in a sense, like, I think part of his calculation here is he trusts that she is better at this game than this Gabriel dude. Like he doesn't know much about this guy. But so he even that's says part of his ca- that's part of says, his calculations. He says Morgays is one of the most capable women I have ever known, and that is saying something. That sounds so simple, but what we know about Tom is he has traveled everywhere in this known world, and mm-hmm. obviously had a relationship with Morgays, but labels her as one of the most capable women he's ever known. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. Like you said, there's there's a lot of trust there. Like, okay, she can play mm-hmm. the game. I have to play my part as well. You got to think about five, six, seven, like moves down the line and how we're going to win this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm so feeling I, it. Yeah, and I really like that juxtaposition in the writing that that RJ does with the game of houses and the game of stones at this moment. Mm-hmm. That's good writing. Yeah, it is. And then the, it ends the chapter with uh, um, Matt giving the whole line about how he's his own wager with Gabriel. He just doesn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. The thing is, he never loses. Being Matt never loses. And that's how we end this chapter. And and how did they decide that they were going to go? Are they going to just? Oh, by ship. They're going to go to Arangel and take the river. It's the fastest way. Yep. If you're if you're gonna go, go all out. Yep. As yep. long as it's fast. Mm-hmm. So. Hold this for me, Master Gill, Matt said, and tossed him the wash leather purse. What's this, lad? Coin? Stakes. Gabriel doesn't know it, but he and I have a wager. The cat jumped down as Matt picked up the wooden dice cup and spun the dice out on the table. Five sixes. And I always win. <laughs> Yep. Dun dun dun. I love and miss Chris. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I I am missing. My Chris laugh is horrible. His is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be back Tuesday. We'll go get him. Yeah. Yeah. In full effect. So, anyways, anything we missed from this chapter before we move on to the next? I'm good. Okay. I have no idea where I am right now. Okay. Well, I'm about to tell you we're starting chapter 48. <laughs> okay. So, so let's move right into it. Uh, chapter 48, following the craft. And we have the trifold leaf, which we haven't seen in a, a, a while. Um, that symbol. Yeah, the the Avendasaur leaf mm-hmm. symbol. So um, yeah, we start here. We're back with the girls. And they've made it to Tier. Um, the, the boat's arriving and they, they hey, seasick. 
Yes. Can I, can I give uh can I get get us through the first two pages real quick? Do you mind? Sure. Okay. Go for it. All right. So <clears throat> <clears throat> What are you doing? Oh, you too? Okay, so now we're on page, we're at the end of page two. So go ahead, Alan. There you go. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, I thought I was good, but. I have never been seasick before, but I've been on boats that when people do get seasick, and and I did not envy that at all. Um, Yeah. Well, I have a question for you, Alan. So when mm-hmm. I was young, I got seasick, uh, well, twice, to be fair. But they were hellacious storms, and I was little. Sure. All right. But the the worst feeling I ever got, it was never seasickness. I always adjusted to the water quickly. Land sickness. Yeah. The land sickness when you get back. If I've been on the water for more than a day, two days, mm-hmm. and then you get on dry land. And uh, the land moves. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Especially, have you ever gotten to a marina and you're like i need a shower and you run straight to of the course. shower yeah and when you close yeah, your you eyes fall to shampoo over. your hair you fucking fall, fall out of the shower <laughs> yeah you fall over yeah every time it's fall so weird so weird <laughs> every time because everything's still moving um yeah, yeah definitely um i've actually thrown up once on a boat well once from uh someone else being seasick um and i've thrown up more times on a boat because of drinking but that's yeah i was gonna say i don't count that um <laughs> That doesn't count. Uh, that's that's puke and rally, man. Puke and rally. Uh, exactly. Down down the bay, experience. buddy. <laughs> it's a different experience. So yeah, I was racing down the bay uh, when when I I threw up on a boat. Um, was not drinking. It was a dry boat, and one of the guys in the boat got sick, and I was I was driving, and he was puking over the side, and the wind hit it, the puke just right, oh, and no. it sprayed up all over me. Like oh. on my face, dripping down my neck, and I would have hurled my... everywhere. Oh yeah, and I just puke. started puking everywhere. I'm yeah, a huge I was sympathy puke. Oh, I was sympathy puke everywhere. I'm just in there, like because at this point, like I'm covered in his puke, and I just start <laughs> like hurt. I I basically just told the person next to me, I was like, grab the wheel. I can't drive anymore, and I ran to the side too and <laughs> threw it up. Join the guy on the rail. Like we're both. Oh all, no! Like, oh, and then both of you had your puke going on the person who grabbed. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I, 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 I was well over the rail. Uh, I'm, I, yeah. I'm definitely a, a very courteous speaker. Um, <laughs> I, I make sure that that that's going way over the side. Uh. The, the, point being here, if there's anybody listening that felt like judging these girls for throwing up, uh, let me tell you something. When it hits you, there's no stopping it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, oh, yeah. yeah usually just give people something to do. Um, get your mind off of it. Um, either give them a task or have them to stare at the horizon. Um, but the problem is if it's nighttime and there's no horizon, then you're kind of screwed. It's tough. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Or, or if you're down below. Give them uh, saltines and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or if you have some dramamine or, or, or patches, those work too. But anyway, um, so they get there and, you know, they're, they're commenting on the city. Um, you know, Gwen looks at the city and all she can think about is the giant stone, the stone of tear, which is, it looks like a hill at first, you know, and she's didn't know what to expect and thought, you know, maybe a big fortress. And it looked like it's almost like carved out of a mountain, but you know, it's explained that it was built, uh, I guess, shortly after the breaking of the world. It's like one of the oldest structures in the entire world. And, um, you know, actually it was just, yeah, was literally built and looks like a, almost like a mountain just carved and 
with ramparts and flag, you know, there's a small little flag at the very, very top. So I don't know what you guys thought about this fortress or what, what Ian, you thought about it in the description. And I mean, I was excited. I have nothing <laughs> deep here. So this, this is one of these moments where this is where we need some Chris input because there's a little detail given that I'm probably missing over, but this, is, this is the kind of stuff that I skim through to get uh-huh. to the deets. Sure. So yeah, I read it. I appreciate it. I'm ready for more. Well, I'm looking and did you skip over everything about like Egwene's Egwene. dreams? No, I'm about to get to that right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that's the next thing. Uh, yeah. I think I did skip over that, but I'm going back to, oh no, no, that's the next thing I was going to talk about. Yeah. So the next thing she starts thinking about is all the dreams she was having. And she lists through a bunch of them. So I wanted to actually get into your thoughts on all that. I mean, we had Master Luhan being used as bait for the White Cloaks. Um, you know, that was, uh, I think that was one of the big ones. Oh, um, yeah. Why should Perrin have a falcon on his shoulder? Um, you know. Well, let, let's let's start with the first and then you, you can run through the rest of them. So because I'm drunk enough, I'm going to forget if you give the okay. whole list now. So... White Cloaks, Master Luhan. So I've I, I've mentioned before, like, okay, why haven't certain people tried to catch up to our party? We got our answer, maybe, unless people are lying to us, that uh, Lan and others showed up in Tarvalon and then were turned around and sent home, right? You mean Tam? Yeah, Tam. I said Lan. Tam and, well, Tam and Tam, Lan's the man, and also, if you haven't noticed, Tam is the man, so it's easy for me to mm-hmm. make those. No, that's, we're yeah. blaming alcohol right now. Sure. No, you're right. So, but still, like, it, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, maybe if we've identified, if, if you're these... Um, forsaken and you've identified these people you're trying to f with right and try and control or kill or whatever your plan is with them it's not too hard to determine where they're from they've traveled around around and they've ran their mouth enough everybody it wouldn't take too much to figure out where they're from so I wasn't thinking about it until I read this, but then when I read this, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. If the Forsaken are out and they're trying to get control of these folks or kill them, then if they're smart, they go after them, but they also go after the people that they care about and love. Mm -hmm. So this is a significant, probably real thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. So bait in a trap. Bait and a trap. Literally. Someone is. Yeah. The white cloaks are putting him in a trap. Got him. Yeah. And then um, Perrin and the Falcon again, uh, but also him having to choose between the axe and the hammer. Well, I think we kind of get the axe, but I'm drawing blanks on the hammer. Yeah, because he wore. He says he now he you know he had choosing between the axe he wore and the blacksmith hammer. Yeah, that was. Oh, the blacksmith hammer. Yeah, blacksmith, blacksmith hammer. hammer. 
I don't know. Perrin, I love his story, but he confuses me. <laughs> okay, does he... Um, should, should I know more? Am I missing something? I don't well, know. Well, I was going to say, in his, in his storyline so far, um, he, we've seen him have to use the axe, right? Mm-hmm. Is that his nature? Or is it something that, does he like using the axe? He's never been excited about it. Right. Is mm-hmm. out of all the ones who who have left left, is he the one who most is like, I just want to be back home. I just I just want to be who I was before. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't know. I know that's what he wants, but I've already yeah, no. It's not that simple. And we've already well, seen uh, a little bit of, right. <laughs> we've already seen a little bit of future pairing all bearded up and leading the wolves. So. Yeah. yeah. The next one was Matt playing dice with the dark one. And he keeps on shouting saying, I'm coming to them. Yeah. Directly to her. Directly She's to like, her. Like, why is he shouting at me? <laughs> give me that one more time. Matt playing dice with the dark one. Right. And then um, he's shouting at, directly to a, a, a Gwen saying, I'm coming. That last part, one more time. I'm coming. But wait. <laughs> All right. I try to walk you into that. Yeah. Um, I know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to tee it up for you, too. I know. I didn't, I didn't close to the mic. That's it. And I'm yeah. just... What did he say? What did he say? I'm coming. To, so I didn't see that. So I never thought about the uh, Matt and Egwene thing, but apparently that might happen. I don't know. Apparently. Looks like yeah. it. Um, well, so, all right, let's back it up just a tiny bit. Matt was very convincing that once he delivered this letter, he was effing done. Mm-hmm. And I believed that more than I ever believed Rand talking about, well, once I do this one more thing, and once I do this one more thing, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But there was there was more compelling Rand that he had no control over. But at this point, Matt still has a choice. He's not being compelled. There's There's nothing about... Uh, him channeling and risking going crazy. There's nothing compelling him other than the love he has for um, Egwene, Nynaeve, and and Elaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he but he chooses mm-hmm. yeah, immediately. Immediately, the moment he hears mm-hmm. that they're trying to lop Elaine's head off mm-hmm. and also get the other girls, he's like, "Well, I'm fucking going to tear." Yep. So I yeah. do want to point that out and that street cred for Matt. Um, love him for that. And yeah. so, you know, obviously that's, I think it's cool that there's um, some sort of conduit, some sort of opportunity for him to communicate that. Hopefully Egwene trusted enough to know that there's help coming. Or maybe this is like the moment you know, at the end of this book, she starts to trust because she had these visions through her dreams and it unfolds because Matt is certainly on his way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because yeah. she doesn't have a clue what this means at this moment. Right. 
but eventually right. this fulfilling itself, this might, this might help us moving forward of her going, oh, wait. Oh, wait, that came true. Yeah, that came true. Hmm. There's something to all this. Well, and yeah. she's, she's trying to figure this out because these are just her regular dreams. And like, as, but it's like dream, like interpretation is not like, it didn't come with a manual or anything. So maybe this will help her figure out, okay, I need to take some of these things more seriously. Um, yeah. Then the next one we had was Rand um, sneaking through the utter darkness towards Kalendor and a bunch of people, men and women, all walking around him, some hunting him, some ignoring him, some trying to guide him, some trying to stop him, um, uh, stop him from reaching it. Um, and, you know, apparently he doesn't know where he is. Um, so nothing's changed. Right. Nothing's changed there. Are we uh, supposed but to she, but she wonders about who these people are um, that are around him. Um, she's one guy with the eyes and flames, and she thought, oh, I know that one. That's Balzaman, but who are the other Balzi. people? I think enough people know about Rand that there are multiple people trying to um, move in on him. And Balzi's the obvious one, but mm-hmm. we also – we know – we know Landfear has her own plans, and we suspect that the other Forsaken have their own plans as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, also, it, it says it says six men and five women. Mm-hmm. That's yep. eleven. We need two more. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it thirteen the number? Yeah, of Forsaken. Yes. How yeah. many were killed at the eye? Oh shit. <laughs> Sorry. Now you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still the assumption that there's only 13 forsaken. True. And that mi- yeah. that might be that might f- might be factual, but that that's 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 the risk we're dabbling in with I mean it's not like the forsaken ever came to us and said, "Hey, by the way, we're the Forsaken, and there were only 13 of us, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the stories handed down by the people who sure. sealed them in. Right. 3,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago. That's a lot of fucking telephone. Yeah. Okay? Uh, I've, I've played telephone. It is. I've done telephone with seven people, and that shit got dangerous because someone <laughs> along the way was like, you know what? I'm going to pass along some information that's going to get that dude at the end suspended when he tells the teacher. <laughs> and I was usually, I was usually that guy. <laughs> yeah. The dog takes a walk in the park, gets down to Ian and goes, the teacher's gay. Actually, if it was, if it was Ian, I would, humor. I would probably be commenting on her boobies. Let's be honest. Probably, probably. But I'm just thinking back to third grade and the things that kids would say. Yeah. Stupid um, stuff. Yeah. Stupid stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's go on to the next one, which is Rand's in a dry, dusty chamber again, and there's small creatures settling on their skin, on his skin. Mm-hmm. That was the next one. And then Rand confronting Sean Chan. Um, and then Rand confronting her 
and she has a bunch of people, which, bunch of women with her, and one of them is Sean Chen, and she's like, "This is all too confusing." I, and this is that's very interesting because we're talking about Egwene, who hates the Sean Chen because she was captive. So anything to do with the Shan Shan, she's like, didn't want to have anything to do with that. Is it like was as in as in the dream she is, or is it was as in in the dream she is a person who past tense was a Shan Chan? Well, I mean Is can't be isn't, man. Is it uh... is or isn't is it isn't? Is it, is it? it depends on your definition of is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Gonna go back in okay, time. Bill. Okay, Bill. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Any thoughts about all these dreams before we move on? Or, I mean, there's, there's, there's some repeats, obviously, and there's some things that are different, but anything that sticks out to you? I just... I'm not going to lie. It, so this, this chapter is probably the biggest downside to um, Chris not being able to make it tonight. Cause y'all have heard it before. I've had chapters where I've been like, I've got nothing. And, and it's kind of the type of thing Chris really gets into mm-hmm. and he dives into. And I go, sweet, you saved us. <laughs> but this is one of those moments like I'm reading it and I get it, but I'm just taking mental notes at this point to try and figure out how this plays out. I'm not smart enough yeah. to guess. Sure. I, yeah. Okay. So I'm taking mental yeah. notes. That's, that's where I'm at. Okay. Sure. Well, and yeah. then as things come along and in, in, you know, later chapters and books, Chris will be with you and yeah. he can and kind of go, Hey, you that. know that thing? A thing of the thing. Dream, yeah. Exactly. Next week, I am going to give him a hard time for not being here just for this chapter. Mm-hmm. I had fun with the other two, but this one, hmm, yeah, I'm going to give him a hard time. Sure. So they get off. They get I off heard the that boat. meow. Yeah. <laughs> Got kitties. Meow. Kitties in the background. <laughs> so uh, they get the dock. The captain's really happy to see them go because they were thrown up everywhere, and and they probably have to do a lot of cleaning now. Mm-hmm. And just wants him off his boat. I get it. I would probably want to be. I'd probably be the same if I was the captain of the boat. Um, and they get the horses off. Nadeev even almost orders the guy to saddle the horses for them, but realizes that she really has no authority and she can't give away that she's has anything to do with the White Tower. At do all. you so. smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> Am I too soon? Did I jump the gun? Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. No, we're not there. A <laughs> couple more pages. God, I'm so ready for it. Yeah, let's hurry up. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. The glad bit, but the tension between Gwen and Nadiv, um has not eased up at all on this uh, trip, and both are completely irritable with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they start arguing about what to do next once they're on the dock. Yeah, some of them want to find it, and I think it's Elaine who mentions that, and and Nynaeve's like, "No, we need to find something else. I know where to go. Just follow me. I know what I'm doing. The the, the Black Sisters will be looking for us. We stayed at in. We we have to go somewhere else, and they take off." Into the muddy streets of Tear, because Tear is a really, really messy, muddy city. Like, sounds. I was like trying it. to, I was trying to think of like a city I've been to that's similar, and I couldn't think of anything um, that had that much muddy streets, like where it was just constant. Like, so it's just a low lying area. Well, that, like, and, 
and and think and so you would have had to have been a place that had unpaved streets oh yeah well there's plenty of those around virginia but i mean even if you go like to pocosin which is a little small town which is pretty much underwater if it if it rains for five minutes um and even there it, dra- it drains pretty quickly so um, if, but it's if, not a city if we have any listeners that spent any amount of time in uh iraq in taji camp taji mm-hmm. and the the whole city around there during the rainy season uh even your average humvee could not get around it was a freaking mud puddle yeah it was ridiculous yeah, yeah. that so that that's kind of what i thought of yeah sure well and there are so jordan is known for his you know descriptions of places and clothing and i really appreciate how he sets each place apart so that it's kind of distinct in your mind and he pulls like little bits from different cultures and kind of mm-hmm. mushes them together to make and make the cultures a little bit different and there are a few like eastern influence touches in here like sure. yeah. the the clogs that go on the feet yeah and, and i like the uh, hats yeah. that they wear and and I thought about that from his time in Vietnam, uh, just because they have a very, very large monsoon season in that in Southeast Asia, yep. and you know he could have drawn, drawn from that. Um, mm-hmm. It's on the coast; it rains for months and months and for months. Sure. If you ever seen Forrest Gump, it rains in every direction, apparently, including um, up. <laughs> including up. Yep. So, um, so maybe that's where he drew it from. Uh, I was trying to think of like a a, a local example that I had. I I just drew blanks. But anyway, so. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, this is and this this is where we're coming into like the description of, um, and like the tips of the, the the roofs like pointing up, mm-hmm. and 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 I think this is where we get into like the description of, uh, the stone of tear, right? Um, and where they describe it when they're sailing in as well. Because it dominated the harbor, like as they're selling it. But I think they look at it again because it just dominates the whole city. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So um, yeah, and Nani just starts walking through the streets, and they have no idea where she's going. She's kind of taking these random turns, and she's like, "I'll know where it is when I see it." And she's not really telling them what she's doing, and they're kind of frustrated. Like, what is she doing? Where is she going? Um, and and, and you know, they finally get to. Um, you know, there's one place that has herbs in the window. And now he's like, this is the spot. And, you know, Gwen kind of looks at her and goes, why is this house so special? He goes, look at the window. This is obviously, a, a you know, a, you know, one of, one of, I guess wisdom is what she thought. Of, you know, obviously they have different names. They call them just wise. Do you not here, see but... the herbs in the front windows? Nynaeve knocked oh. again. Herbs, Elaine said. A wisdom. Yeah, a wisdom. So Nynaeve figures since, you know, she was a wisdom, um, finding another person like that would be someone that would probably bring them in. Um, so they meet mother, is it Guna? Gwena. Gwena? 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 Yeah. yeah um, I don't know. That's what I say, Gwena. Gwena. I think that's right. Mother G. Um, mother G. <laughs> and then, they, you know, the, the wise woman starts to make tea for them and they start testing each other's knowledge. So you get this whole entire scene where they're going back and forth. Uh, trying to play a game of uh, of who's better than the other. Certainly a game. 
Mm-hmm. Can we skip ahead? Can I do my line again? Yeah. yeah, go for it. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Schmack. Apparently someone was annoyed mm-hmm. with the back and forth. Yes. Bam. That's really what this chapter yeah. is about. Are we there yet? Oh, yeah. I, okay. Because yeah. I was there when we started this chapter. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You're right there. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and, and eventually it does turn to not arguing anymore um, and turns into ch- exchanging, you know, kind of trade secrets uh, back and forth. But then they, you know, she asked for something to settle her stomach. Kind of one of these just little, little scenes. My bigger question is, do, what do you think about this plan? Do you think this is a good one? Do you think... What do you think about this wise woman? Do you think she's a good ally to make as coming in? Do you think this is like, what's your, what's your initial gut on all this? So my thought process, honestly, going into tier for any of our groups that are moving into tier, Matt ran, uh, the girls here, um, rain parent, every. Going into tier, trust no one, no one, mm-hmm. no one. I, I, I actually think, and I, I could be wrong, obviously, but I think Nynaeve gave too much information and tried mm-hmm. to make too much of a connection, and they should have just been, they, they should have had some story of just kind of passing through, no big deal. Here's some gold coin. Yeah. Yeah, she took it a step further and kind of warned her about that there's women they're looking for. And, you know, she's like, why'd you get the men to do it for you? Um, and they, she comes with the whole backstory on Wob. It says that, you know, they've committed murder. They're dangerous. They're dark friends. Tells tells her a whole lot about what they're doing without giving away everything, but definitely it's too much. Too much. Yeah. I just, I don't think you give, I don't think you should give anything away at this point. Why? Yeah. Like, okay. to what end? Are you really going to make a a trusted confidant at this point that's going to see you through to the end? No. you Too much risk. All right. So what is Nynaeve's um, point here? Why did she go here? I mean, why did they not just go to an inn? Why did they not just get like a thief taker or whatever on their own? Sure. I mean, get off the beaten path. Like she made an attempt to not be obvious and not be easily tracked and looked for. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I um, Yeah. I I would feel more comforted if at some point in reading this we had been told that our female companions are somewhat or completely Tavirin, because then I'd be like, okay, roll the, roll the dice, Nynaeve, and you're going to land in the right spot. But we don't have... we. Mm-hmm. I have more confidence with Matt winging it, not because Matt's a dude, but because we know Matt's Tavirin, right? And it's been mm-hmm. working out for him so far. Right place, right time. Um, But is Nynaeve, is, N- is Egwene, Elaine... We haven't been told that. And well, we've had and opportunity to be told that. 
Right. They obviously weren't Tavirin when they were in the presence of the Amerlin because she can see Tavirin. They glow for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But would she, would she tell us everything? Is oh, there... she would have told. No, that would have been a discussion out in the open with Moiraine. Agreed. When when I she was like, like between what the would have, hell yeah, yeah. is going on here? Yeah. Oh, it's not just one Tavirin. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are more Tavirin? Okay, because then she would have seen, uh, let me see these. Let me see your whole group. Let me see what's going on here because, you know. Yeah. Well, after they spilled the beans, or at least part of it, to Mother Gwenna, uh, she agrees to go find a thief taker for her. She says she knows just the right person for it. Um, one thing I want interaction I did want to uh, mention is, you know, they, I thought it was funny, you know, do you have a cure for uh, people that are bickering? <laughs> the line that was used and she's, Oh yeah, I got one for that. Is that Elaine? I think it was Elaine that asked that. And she's, yeah. You know, and, she, uh, obviously she's getting sick of it. She's getting sick of it. And she's like, yeah, I got one. Uh, you know, Hold their head down inside the barrel of water until they start stop. So <laughs> until they stop. All right. I, I know we've been running late, but I'm a storyteller right now. And Alan, you'll appreciate this. We we mentioned it briefly when we were talking about booms, but in the sailing world, if y'all didn't know from other conversations, Alan taught me how to sail, and uh. I mean, from the ground up, Alan was already very good at sailing. Like he just needed somebody somewhat competent. He trained me up so I can crew for him. And then we win races. Uh And we did that for a year and a half, almost two years. And then the third year, I thought I knew it all. And I was ready to step up. And there's so much about this relationship between Nynaeve and Egwene that makes me think about um, our senior year of sailing where <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to step up and you were trying to, well, not trying, but you were showing that you knew more than me. And there were, there was a certain, there's always a breaking point where I think I know more than I know. And you think you, I know less than I know. And then there's a, we snap. And for us, it was that race where you were like, I'm going to jibe. And I'm like, I don't think you should jibe now, but you went ahead and did it. And then I was unconscious and I, I, I was asleep for the rest of the race. And what's great is I might've, I might've had a good idea, but it didn't matter. I was, I was asleep for the rest of it. And we still won. You got us across the finish line and I was asleep. But after that, if you remember after that, the coach saw that and I started skippering and got my own crew. Yeah, they they took they split us up and we weren't no longer sailing together anymore. But yeah, it was a, we got an argument about racing and um I ended up knocking Ian out. Unconscious. <laughs> Unconscious, Unconscious on purpose. <laughs> Cause I needed to win the race because I was competitive and yeah. uh he was just in my way at this point. We and still I won. I, the, I know I could still the boat with myself without him at that point because we're coming in the final leg. So I just knocked him out and yeah. finished the race. <laughs> but what I, what I I'm hoping there's parallel here and that so we never moved so far apart that like it hurt the team as a whole because mm-hmm. when we separated, um I didn't win as much as I did when I was crewing for you, 
but I slowly got better. And you kind of kept winning with whoever you had as a crew because you've been sailing your whole fucking life and knew what you were doing. Right? Somewhat, but then I started. Then I got. A, then I brought that a girlfriend. I oh had, yeah. Well, we, uh, and then yeah, that, that that's a whole. Other, we did all right, but that was a whole other dynamic. That's a whole other like, story. Girls yeah. dating. Yeah, it's all right. We'll say that. Anyways, <laughs> I, I just I was thinking about that as this progresses with the naive Egwene thing. I, I just I felt that breaking point coming. You know. Sure. So, yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. And so, yeah, they they had a little funny interaction where she explains what she does, um, and you know um, about how she cures bickering. And I guess once she leaves to go get the the thief taker, oh, but, but how does she cure it? I I told you they take them out back and th- put their heads in them. And then, do these people then go say? Hey. No, I mean they're embarrassed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I love that. Like about like every few months, she gets more people coming in, and uh, sometimes it's you know people bickering over you know two women bickering over the same guy or whatever, and they each one thinks that she's going to do something to the other one, and mm-hmm. she just gets them both, and they both paid for it. But I love that she charges more for the men. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Look, some people crazy. might have issue with that, but uh, I'm, I am I always scored very high in Econ 101 and 102. I mean, it's a supply, demand. You got to factor that in, you know? Yeah. And, and two men arguing can be very, very stubborn. Like, <laughs> Yeah. We just and, covered and, that. <laughs> yeah. And, and not to... <laughs> Yeah, we did. Um, but I mean, you're not, not, not to be dead horse to death. And this is just observation, at least from, and, and as people get older, this is not, this is not applied to people that are actually more mature. But one thing I, I did notice, at least in high school, and this might be just a, a isolated thing is that usually when guys would argue with each other, they just quit hanging out with each other and they just weren't friends anymore. At least the girls that I was around, they would still hang out with each other and hate each other. And it was just the weirdest thing in the entire world. I never understood that dynamic, <laughs> but, um, you know, it was one of those things where, where, where that would happen. Where, so that was one thing I was, was a little confused about, which, you know, the older men, why are they still bickering? Because in my experience is that they would just kind of go their separate ways. And I guess that they were brothers. Like, I think that's an example she gave. Like, if they couldn't mm. just leave, um, they couldn't avoid each other for whatever reason. Next door neighbors or whatever, where you can't avoid the person unless you literally sell your house and leave. Then you get the whole stubborn thing again. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, that doesn't apply to actually people that are mature and older at all, at all. This applies to my, my, my insulated, um, you know, high school. (laughs) All good. So going, um, on uh, that. So, uh, she leaves to go get the thief taker. And once she leaves, they go right back to bickering, a Gwen and I about how Nynaeve's been manipulating just as bad as Moraine and Nynaeve gets upset about it. And this is where, Wait, is this, it? Is this, this it? is it. <laughs> Can you smell what the rock is cooking? And Elaine slaps the going across the face. Got to almighty. <laughs> Bam. It would Elaine goes, look, God, if you've ever been to army basic training, you will love this. It would behoove you to shut your mouth. Oh Lordy. She just got behooved with a knife hand. And a backhand and a mm. everything just happened. 
Yep. Yeah. And the thing is, is that Elaine has been the peacemaker the entire trip. She's been trying to. She's been trying to. This whole time. And so what what does she say? Because um, what is it that makes her do that? What is it? I mean, I think it's part of it's her upbringing, just being in a political environment and trying to politic. No, I mean, what makes her snap and slap a glean? Oh, what makes her slap? I thought what makes her try to be a peacemaker. Slap and slap a glean. Um, This is very important because um, when Nynaeve was trying to convince Mother Gwena to let them stay there because um, she had to be convinced um, to let them like rent a room even. And um, she was using um, kind of like the Aes Sedai, like, you know, like when they're trying to be subtle. Right. And they're not they're lie, saying something. But it's like lie. seemingly simple statement that could be read a different way. And I'm not a, I'm not a knownly. <laughs> right. So <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So um and as soon as Mother Gwena is out the door is when um Egwene is just like, You are learning how to be I Sedai, Maryam, because they have fake names, right? Right. And Ooh. um and it says you manipulate people as well as Warren. Mm-hmm. And that is when Egwene just stalks across the floor and slaps Egwene's face. All right, so you go too far, too far. We so, must live together, or we will surely die together. There, there's. It's not just that she slapped her, and until you started reading it, and I'm reading it, did I make the connection? Stalked across the floor. It's not like she was standing next to her, and it was a knee jerk reaction. She had time to think about it and go, I'm going to close the dicks, the distance and slap this woman. It's about to go down. Like it okay. was very intentional, not just, Oh, whoops. It was very intentional. So, uh, Ian used to do, do this to me all the time. I would tell something dumb or, or say a really dumb statement in college. And I remember this the um, delayed slap. No, no. You would sit there and like, Alan, come here. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And you're like, come closer. Come closer. And just smack the shit on my face. I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> I would leave a dramatic pause, though. When you got close enough, I would stare at you. After after the second or third time, you would go, oh, no. No. <laughs> here it comes. I forgot about that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah that I was love something you, man. I used to do. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you got to anyway. put the emphasis on the right syllable. You know syllable. what I mean? You gotta... So here's the thing that Egwene chose not only, she chose a couple of things that she knew would really hurt Nynaeve. Yeah. One, saying that you're going to be, that you're like playing the Aes Sedai because it's not, she's never really wanted to be an Aes Sedai, you know, but specifically Moraine, Moraine. which we know Nynaeve not a yes. fan. Right. It, it, still and to this anyone point. anyone that she's, any, she could have named any other Aes Sedai and it wouldn't have been as bad. She went to the one that is like, goes straight to the heart. <gasps> mm-hmm. 
is and El- that's is, dirty. Is Elaine like our extreme empath? Because mm. like, I mean, even as the reader at this moment, you could kind of. I'm not. I'm not saying Egwene was right in what she did, but at the same time, Egwene made some good points. She's not necessarily wrong, but who was very quick to immediately realize how hurtful that was to Nynaeve and ultimately to the group? Immediately, mm-hmm. Elaine picked up on it. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to see Elaine a little bit different now. Hmm. Okay. Because she, she has she has a point. They're in a very dangerous situation. They don't have time for this bickering, and that was it. She's like, "That's that's it. Yeah, we're well, done with this crap." But it, yeah. I, I guess my point is, um, if you describe to me the daughter of some queen that's inevitably going to be queen, and she's this princess that everybody, she gets her way. It, the stereotype I come up with is very stuck up, right? And full of herself and not thinking of others. But uh, like I said, she, the, she, she, she played the role of the empath. She immediately knew uh, two things. One, how that would affect Nynaeve. And then two, like what you said, how that's going to affect the entire group and reacted almost immediately. So mm-hmm. that that gives some very good, um, I don't know, very good cred to Elaine. I like it. Mm-hmm. Close the distance, yeah. laid the smack down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that ends this chapter. Egwene turned back to peering through the window at the horses. I know we do, but I do not have to like it. I like it. End scene. Um, so any, anything that we missed, I mean, I know we kind of raced through that chapter. It's, um, mostly I enjoyed it. Mostly because I have to pee really bad. We did get the name (laughs) of the person Mother Gwenna is going to, going to find. It's a Julian Sandar and she is a thief catcher, which is different from a thief thief taker. Yes. Mm -hmm. Karen was a thief taker. He's a thief catcher. And it's one of the most. Is one of the most um wait Zul, he was people. about to explain. Go for it, Alan. No. Spoil. <clears throat> Spoil. Nope. nope. God dang it. <laughs> Why'd you look, if you were gonna get shwasted and Chris wasn't here, you should have got man, somebody that would just let let you ride with your spoils. Why nah, Zul? That's why I got that's why I got Zul. You here. know she would keep you in check. <laughs> um, we were so close. So anyway, a thief catcher is different from a thief taker and mm-hmm. is someone who can be hired by um just your your average person and is the sure. the dangerous man that she knows who does not use a sword um which will Aiel yeah Aiel maybe have we heard that before mm-hmm. I'm just throwing an Aiel she didn't she oh. didn't say he was Aiel but he no. doesn't use a sword nope he that's an Aiel thing I'm not saying that makes him Aiel that's an IEL. Yeah, hey, it's it is an IEL thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Absolutely. Not using swords is IEL, and actually not using any weapons at all is a tinker thing. But he's a tinker. Ah, uh, he's super dangerous, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that did he, he can that catch my he's radar. Gonna like, <laughs> he's going to sting you to death. 
Alan, also, like, in either world, we passed a blade of grass. And Mm -hmm. the blade of grass also doesn't... Carry a sword. Right, yeah. (laughs) So there's some things that are obvious. Yeah. I don't think the green man did either. You know, I don't know. Oh, he was Mm -hmm. dangerous. And he didn't use a sword. And he didn't use a sword. Maybe it's another green man. Short of Rand (laughs) and Nynaeve... Well, and most recently, Moraine, she did some finger blasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that puts the Green Man probably at the fourth most powerful character that I've run into so far in the series. Okay. But All only... Right. Not, only not, not loyal? No, not yet. And only recently did Moraine finger blast her way past him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So the there Green Man's the shizdizzle. Shizdizzle. Like uh, that. I'm Although, looking back here. Oh, sorry. Dang, well, oh, sorry. Um, I have to take that back. He still places ahead of Moraine, unless Moraine was intentionally holding back at the end of the Eye of the World. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he took out a Forsaken Well, Moraine couldn't. Yeah. This is true. It's true. Ooh, that's that a whole other conversation. We could bonus episode that shit. Did she do that on oh, yeah. purpose? Because she didn't bail fire back then. She just. No, she didn't know how to bail fire back then. She didn't. Oh, so we're saying she learned it when she was dabbling at her friend's. I'm not saying anything. Mountain retreat. (laughs) (laughs) I've said too much. uh, Spoil me, baby. Spoil me, baby. She definitely learned some things while between between the eye of the world and. So she went started finger blasting. Are you telling me that Moraine? went to this cabin in the middle of nowhere with a couple of her girlfriends and she, and they taught her to finger blast and I'm not supposed to say giggity giggity. Like, (laughs) I mean, because I feel like, I feel like that just happened. Oh man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know know what? Fuck it. Giggity giggity. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and we're not we're not being ageist. We're not going to be ageist here because their mm-hmm. their ages were what you know, know. widely different. Oh, you know, oh, but you know, you learn with, from those with, with experience, right? Exactly. Yeah. I've been taught things. Right. I'm just going to leave it at that. From, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are two words in here that the um, mother Gwena says that are terms I don't think we've seen before, and when she's like saying that like oh dark friends are just fools you know there are dangerous people all kinds of dangerous people but dark friends are just fools and then she also is kind of like saying that um that the dark one is locked up where the creator put him and no fetches or fang fish to scare children will get him out so what is a fetch and what is a fang fish you know i'm gonna let uh alan handle that question what do you got, Alan? It's just very interesting. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Are you reading the label of your whiskey bottle at this point and ignoring uh, me? I have not. Yeah. Let me see. It's Basil Hayden. <laughs> Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, when Basil Hayden Sr. began distilling his smooth bourbon here in 1796. Oh, that's a good age. <laughs> it was. So, um, no, I mean, Zul, I... I took note of it, but that's another one of these things where I'm like, I'm I'm not even smart enough to guess if we have any hints at this point as to what that is. Okay, forget what a fetch is. I don't know. 
fang fish. If you had to like think of all the fish that you know of, what would a fang fish be? So if we ignore fish fish and we focus on the fangs, then we're talking about a shark. But if we're going to be literal with a fang and a fish, I mean, we have pike, we have mutant bugfish, we have uh, anglerfish. Like, how deep are we going? There's yeah, viperfish. Yeah, there's lots yeah, of different. I don't know. They exist. I just wanted to ask you because, like, I'm not up on you know different kinds of fish, and I wanted to see what your impression was. If you were going to name like something really dangerous, we, we, I'd I'd go shark. It, I would simplify it I'd, and and yeah. say a shark of some sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of. I mean, only thing I can think of that has anything that looks like fangs would be something that lives really deep. It's yeah. Super deep, like the angler or something. Like an angler or well, fish. Mutant bugfish. Or mutant bugfish. Right. Okay. I I'm gonna need a picture of a mutant bugfish. Somebody <laughs> look one up. And put it in the chat. They're no, that's not a real it's thing. A snakehead. They're, they're, they're myth. They're mythical. Yeah, it's a snakehead yeah. fish. Um. Damn it. I was trying to go into our whole entire story about how we Sorry. found a mythical fish. I and- have to pee so bad. I'm so trying to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. And then, and you know then I, want, I want you to- I'm going to find a container to, and mute myself. I, uh, I, want you, I want you to post a picture of, of your Jeep parked on a, on a shark. On a shark. A whale, on a shark. Yeah, they wouldn't let us run over the whale. We tr- we asked. Right, we did. And they said no. And, and said we, no. we respectfully observed that. And to be mm-hmm. fair- the shark was dead long before I ran it over. So yeah. it came out of know. nowhere too. And so if you want to see the picture of this shark, which Ian is going to find later after he goes to the restroom and post in our discord, then you have to come to our, you have to come to the discord. Yeah. yeah bring a picture it. Of, uh, of Ian running over a shark. The shark was already dead. We did not kill the shark. With, we did not hit a shark with our car. And if you um, want to hear about how gross it smelled when they cut it open. I, I did almost roll the jeep. It was a big freaking shark. It was a basking shark. So, so it was, so it it was, was one a of the filter shark. feeders. It was massive. And it wasn't like we were trying to like mutilate the shark or anything like that. It, honestly, we thought it was a washed up log and we were going to jump the log. And it wasn't until like the last second, like we were like, that's not a log. That's a freaking shark. Yeah. But then once I figured <laughs> it out, I was like, well, photo moment. Like we should. Yeah. 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 And yeah, okay, it, does smell, it, it, it does smell really bad when you come over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's all I have for this chapter. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, anything else, Ian? You have for these two chapters? Or, no. Before we wrap, roll with it. Okay. All right. Favorite character? It's just you. Shit. <laughs> um, I think. Gosh, I don't want to. You know, you guys know what Tom. I'm picking. I'm, no, Tom. I'm picking Matt. So, Tom has. I could go back. All right. If we get. To the end the of this flower book. and Matt's hair. That's what Ian's picking. You know what? Fuck, in, fuck in, you. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> All sorts of fuckery in your general direction. No, not the flower. Um, so, so much this hate is, the flower. So I'm going to say Matt, not the flower, but I'm going to give asterisk for Tom. If by the end of the book, the end of this book, we can see that Tom made this move for the purpose of helping his love more gays, then I will come back and say Tom wins this one. Does that make sense? Okay. okay. But if Tom going after Matt and helping him out has nothing to do with his love and more gays, then screw Tom. Lame. Matt's the winner. Hands down. 
Okay. Yep. And I'm going to have to say, Matt, for that moment where it was like true friendship, you know, I could just go my own way now, but I know they're in trouble. Definitely. And I got, I got to choose to help them. And And instantly he didn't hesitate. Right. And then there's that one moment of Elaine's when she's like, Hey, yes, Max Elaine. I should have called, I should have called Elaine because Elaine said, can you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> I laid it down. All right. So the next two chapters we're covering, too, are A Storm and Tear and The Hammer. So um, Black Tower will be on for that. Uh, it's going to be just two chapters. Uh, we're going to be recording on Tuesday. So just remember that. And, yeah, A Storm and Tear and The Hammer. So... Anything else before I wrap up and Ian goes and runs away real fast? I've got to pee. Okay, perfect. So how do we can be found? Not in the bathroom. Well, Ian can, but um, we can be found um, at The Wheel Reads on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. We have a wonderful Discord server. Um, it's fun. We have a lot of people on there. Uh, people, it's interesting. Like uh, we always enjoy new people coming in that get active, um, and we do enjoy the flies in the wall. Uh, people just the wallflowers that just want to come in and, and view everything and watch. But if you want to interact, trust me, people will interact with you. And I know during this time, especially for especially for us extroverts, it's been a tough year. Um, you know, now that we've been doing this for an entire year, and uh, Discord, you know, does uh, allow some of that outlet. We do get together in voice chats and, and, and do various fun things and talk about things. So um, just gives you an outlet to talk about real time and other things as well. You know, uh, we have topics on. And we um, have we have a random meme channel that I've been very active in. And if uh-huh. if, if you hop in and you only drop memes, I will be your best friend. Yeah, memes that, are great. that's where I hang out. Yeah, just keep dropping memes. Um, we, we, we enjoy those. Um, so yeah, come join discord. Uh, if you want to support us, Patreon, um, that's probably the best way of supporting us. Um, uh, you get a lot of extra stuff with it, such as live recordings, uh, special, uh, uh, area of, of our discord is for patron only chat as well. Um, so there's a secret chat that you can, that you can get into. Um, so, and then there's other benefits as you move up the tiers. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, um, we are, launching YouTube and those are going to, there's going to be some Patreon benefits for that as well. Such as especially early releases, special videos only for patrons, things like that. So um, keep that in mind. If you guys want to support us that way, if you guys want to support us another way and you want to get something more tangible, um, there's merch. So go check out our merch. You can find that on our website, which is www.thewheelreads.com. And uh, you can also email me. Um, that's thewheelreads at gmail.com. Um, I might answer your email. Um, actually, I answer most people if I find it. Uh, the only problem is sometimes it actually does go to the junk mail, and I only check if it goes. If it goes into the regular mail, I'll I'll answer right away. If it goes into junk mail, I'll answer in a month, in a month or so. So I, every once in a while, I just click on those just to see. And I have no idea how to control that. <laughs> yeah, it just it doesn't. It's just a filter. Um, it's a filter, and I have no idea what triggers it. Um, I'm not Gmail be Gmailing. Gmail be Gmailing. Um, there's been there's been sometimes where some guy reached out to. He's like, dude, I love this show. I love that you do this. And it was like two months later, I was like, it went to my junk mail. I'm sorry, dude. I'm just answering you now. 
<laughs> so, but anyway, um, yeah, come, come do that. Uh, message us any way you want to, whether it's Discord. Uh, my DMs are actually open on Twitter too. Don't flood those with weird stuff. Um, <laughs> please. <Yeah. laughs> that, is, that, that is so appropriate. Now. now that I just said that drunkenly, I'm getting a bunch of dick pics now. So it's, <laughs> at least and, you. And I'm going to close one eye and then forward everything to Ian. So. No, you're not the only one. Uh, you know, I just that kind of says something. In a way, we've reached a certain level of uh, fandom where we have to screen our DMs. Like, look, yeah, guys, I keep it. I, you know, I like having my DMs open. I don't want to have to shut them off to you guys. Right, yeah, yeah. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys abuse it, it gets shut down. So far, from from my DMs, so far I've done nothing but laugh out loud, but the average person might be offended. But I love you guys. Yeah. It just, you know, yeah. keep sending them. There you go. I don't keep care. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, and then, of course, whatever you listen to us on, whether it's, um, um, you know, spotify or apple or google podcast or I, I can list all the different ones that that we're on feel free to like us share us subscribe whatever they allow you to do on that particular platform um we really appreciate reviews things like that um i do read all the apple reviews um so uh, I, I appreciate that um we will be um hopefully soon on pandora as well um i just got an email notification saying that that's in the final stages of being approved so um so that would be another source where you could listen to our podcast um through pandora um so that's fun um but other than that that's all i got for this week guys anything else i have to pee until next time peace thank you for listening to the wheel of reads see y'all next time Yes. Yep, 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 nope. Got the recording okay, going. Okay, I see it. Yep, yep. See the lines. The I haven't seen lines. Ian talk yet. You haven't talked yet. Boo. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Boom. <laughs> there it is. You know, I've seen other people when they're doing recording, like they're they go like one, two, three, and they clap. Mm-hmm. So it's it makes it easier to make sure things are like lined up. Oh, well, I can do that post production anyway, really easily. So when there are like different tracks. Yeah. All right. All right. Wait, now we got to do it. Zool. It's, I'm going to say one, two, three, clap. And it's three and then clap. You don't clap on three. Okay. Clap on. Okay. Okay. So one, two, three, clap. Ready? One, two, three. You guys, you weren't in. (laughs) It's all over the place. Alan, five is way out. (laughs) (laughs) The number these shall count to shall be three. Shall be three. One. Two, two, five, five, no, three, three, four, three, which is the rabbit. It is the rabbit. All right. So let me go to these right here. And um, yeah, um, I'll talk a little bit, I guess, what we're drinking, uh, because I'm excited about what I'm drinking at least. I am drinking a very, very fine bottle of Basil Hayden whiskey because I decided to splurge a little bit and get a nice bottle of whiskey. It's delicious, and I love bourbon, and yeah, 
this bottle might or might not make it through the night. We'll see. It tends to go pretty fast once I open one of these. So we'll see. Yeah. So if, if anybody was hanging around Tuesday when we did our uh, video bonus episode for the patrons, um, I'm drinking a little something, which is a little something, <laughs> something ale, a silky, a smooth, a smooth and silky IPA. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of those left because turns out Tuesday morning when I woke up to go to work, I looked at the table and there were two empty bottles right. of wine and two empty cans of IPA. And somehow I got up and went to work. So Wednesday morning. Yep. Yeah. yeah Wednesday have morning. you ever, yeah. have you ever had uh is it little yellow pills? It's a Pilsner. No. It, yeah. It's a good one. It comes in a can, but it's a craft beer in a can. It's called Ye- little, little yellow pills. And it's uh, cool. Yeah. Small yellow, different. Uh, Man, all this talk I, about beers re- give me such a headache. <laughs> I'm representing Texas. I have a uh, Dr. Pepper with a little vanilla extract in there. Oh, okay. saucy. Mm. Are you, yeah. Zul, are you sipping on the scissorp? I'm yeah. sorry. I have no idea it's, what that means. Sounds you, like Jake. you're sipping on the scissorp. Jake, Jake, correct me. It's mom's little yellow pills, which makes it even more better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is actually, it's mom's little yellow pills. Anyway, it actually is good beer. Check it out. Um, so, so at your local beer establishment, maybe depending on the part of the country. I don't know. Jake apparently has it in Arkansas and we have it in Virginia. So maybe everywhere. We'll see. I don't know. And it's Pilsner. So if you don't like IPAs, it's something different. <laughs> yeah. Cause everything's an IPA. I know these days. Well, actually, no, around here, um, all the breweries don't. Well, sours. I guess so the bigger breweries, yeah, sours are the big thing around here. Everyone makes sours now. Um, they got into that a couple of years ago and now it's all sours. Like you go to beer and like, there's no IPAs at all on the menu. It's all sours and all different types of sours. And I'm, I'm okay. I can do sours in a little bit, but I don't want only sours as my choices. Uh-huh. So a lot of times I don't like a lot of the breweries around here just cause it is all sour. Um, I like some good saisons, some funky, um, some saison, but yeah, saisons are nice. They use funky yeast, uh, wild yeast versus, you know, Cool. Yeah, tame yeast. <laughs> tame uh, geese? Gout. No such thing. Those things tame. are the devil's creature. <laughs> yeah. They are. Yeah, geese are the devil. That they're red you know eyes. Canadians are are all like so nice because like they channel all of that into Hate. into their the geese. Heat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and they send it the down hustles. south <laughs> yeah, a couple do. times a year. Just a fuck All right, us. they're yeah. getting cranky. Send them south. <laughs> I learned something the other night too. Like I was, I was, it was quiet in my house, and I was working on actually podcast stuff, so I didn't have any music playing or anything, and it was just quiet in my office. And I heard it was like one o'clock in the morning, and I heard geese flying over the house, and I was like, "Why are the geese flying at night?" And I learned that actually some geese do fly at night. I never knew they migrate at night. I always thought it was just during the day. So I learned something yeah. new. I was like, I went immediately googled it because I was like, something's wrong. Like, why is there a goose honking outside? Like, flying overhead, like a bunch of them. Yeah. But yeah, so apparently they do occasionally. I guess if well, it's a clear night and there's enough moon, they will. I mean, good to check, because in the worst kind of movies, people are just, like, chilling, not paying attention when all of the rats of the city are escaping. Like, yes. Yeah. When the animals start moving, you should go, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, as someone that lives in a hurricane-prone area, it's actually very, oh, yeah. very true. Like, um... Um, I, I point out to my wife every time. So like when we're on the way, when a hurricane's on the way, like, 
you know, and we're kind of predicting whether or not about two days before the storm, one, it's really, really calm. And two, if you walk outside, it's silent. All yeah. the animals are completely silent. Like there's no birds chirping. There's no crickets. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just silent. You're like, yep, the storms are coming. <laughs> They're yep. all getting the hell out of here. Yep. They either, they either hunker, hunker down or disappear. Yep. Exactly. So anyways, well, before we get too much further into bullshit, um, let's go ahead and uh, take a brief pause and I'll jump right into um, this episode. Do, do you ever keep the bullshit? Or do you um, just... Yeah, bullshit, the bullshit is all still, I still have all the files for the bullshit, yes. Okay, cool. Because there's been some good stuff there. Just curious. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I still have it. I mean, I could like make, make a, like a, like a You know, takes. on another podcast, Sometimes they take some of that bullshit and they they stick it at the end of the episode. Yeah, that might be that's people it. who stick around after you say, "Hey, go." That's one way that they get people to stick around through all mm. of the. Hey, you can find us here and there and everywhere. Yeah, and then they have cool. like some chit chat bullshit at the end. I like. Yeah, it. wait, like wait, like thirty seconds of dead silence and then start like kind of like a Marvel movie or like the wait, records. There's more on the hit. <laughs> the, you know, like. People who stay around for like the all of the uh, credits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for the end of Marvel movies are like '90s albums. So like any rock '90s album, oh, yes. like wait at the very very end, like for like 15 the minutes, secret, and then the it's secret, un- secret <laughs> unlisted one. The secret songs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which I guess, you know, that was that was a big thing in the nineties. I think they quit doing it. I know Green Day did one. There's a couple other ones too, but yeah. Counting Crow comes to mind. Yeah. So the secret Counting songs. Crows-a. Sorry. Yeah, Crows. All right. Yep. All right. So let's do a brief pause and I'll jump right in. Welcome to oh, season. Wait, but three. Alan, real quick, one more question. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> All right. I'm done. Uh, okay. Are you done? Okay. Yeah.